go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming. And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Twenty to ten. The 49ers! Kyle is going to beat Mahomes. If like the Niners go up 10-0, I'm going to be looking at him to go, well, let me see his emotions and how he's going to handle it. Yo, yo, yo. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's here. It's Wednesday. It's the Super Bowl. What the fuck happened edition, a.k.a. Treasure Hunters, because Ahmed's here, and it's the PG version just for those out there. Clean it up. What's up, everybody? Yeah, it's Wednesday. We've got the three days after the Super Bowl, watched the film, digested it all, back with my man here, back in the normal routine. What's up, buddy? Missed you on the you know Monday podcast. Didn't feel right doing the PFT show and having that translated to Chris Sims unbuttoned, but well, we got to do what we got to do. It was a busy week. It was a busy weekend. Well, it, it, it looked like you didn't feel right. right. Like after a whole week in Vegas, like you and Mike both. We're like pulling yourself out what? of bed. I'm still pulling myself out of bed. I'm exhausted. So I was there for a day and a half. Right. And that was quick. I was like, maybe I could have spent another half a day there. But I think that might have been it. I, I, I mean, think two days might have been perfect for me. I can't imagine. You were there, what, eight days? Nine days. Nine days. Nine days. You're not supposed to be in Vegas for much more than 48 <laughs> hours total. That's There's a rule. That's like a saying. Like, and it was, way, it was way too long, let alone... Came back Monday, didn't get home till really late, oh, yeah. had to get up Tuesday morning, do oh. the show, and I'm still on West, I'm on West Coast time, right? So, I mean, I got home at like 1230 at, at night on Monday night and wasn't really tired, was like, well, this is 930 to me from where I've been, right? So still adjusting and doing all that. And to give you a little quick update on that opening right there, right, <laughs> with my son, Philip. No, but my son, Philip, he, he's matured a little bit. Ooh. He's matured a little bit. Now, he wore the Brock Purdy jersey to the game. Okay. Okay. You know, rooting for the 49ers, no doubt about it, but had a good way of rooting for the 49ers and still wanting his good buddy Mahomes to do well, right? He wasn't ever like, oh, the 49ers are going to win and throw a fit and all that, you know, and – He was always, I mean, as, you know, really my whole family, it was a weird experience on Sunday. It was. So this is what I want to get into. So so we're going to get into all Because it's my buddy is all of it, right? So it was like I felt like I couldn't really enjoy the game. Uh, My stomach was in knots. So you really were feeling it. I feel like like the game was like a fog. Yeah, a game was like a fog. And then, of course, like I don't dislike Mahomes and Randy Reid, right? You know that. I mean, I'm I'm the one that's you know always appreciating what they're doing. I feel like I'm president of the Mahomes fan club in a lot of ways, right? But but yeah, I mean, so you know, it was it was tough. It was weird. Um, It was constantly. You know, feeling the emotions, like I said, for not only Shanahan, his family, his wife, his sister that I know, all of it. 
you know, kind of going through those emotions. But at the same time with my son, it was cool too because, you know, hey, it's the first time he saw Mahomes in person in a game, right? He's seeing it. And he's literally going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe the you know the Niners are letting them hang around. Oh, no. You know, it's close to the end. He's like, Mahomes is going to bring them back, Dad. He's going to bring them back. This is, you know. And, of course, I was, you know, yelling at the 49ers at the end of the half yelling that. Like, I can't believe they're only up 10-3, to 3, right? So we'll unpack it. But uh, definitely an emotional, crazy game. Awesome to be there. Oh, my gosh. Really loved it. It really was. And, uh, you know, we saw history, certainly. Uh, maybe not. The history we wanted, uh, but but wanted. but history was still really cool, and I think I'd want to see it if it was against anybody else other than my best friend, right? So so as I mentioned, we got everything. We got you, you looked at the film. We're going to dive into a bunch of these plays, and I like this because this is the first time that you've actually you watched it. You were there as a fan, and you yeah. were able to go back and right. look at some of this stuff. And there's a lot of narratives out there that you know this or that. 49ers were getting held. Chris Jones, what happened? There? So like you'll clear those up for us, which yeah. I like. Give me the headlines. The Big Butt Awards for the Super Bowl, the, the grandest of the butts. This is the biggest Definitely. award. This right. is the biggest elephant trophy we give out. And uh, we laid to rest the 49ers. But I do, I do want to like stay here for a second because okay. I, I want to know the experience that you had right. at the Super Bowl. So yeah. just paint the picture for me. You are there with, with your wife, your daughter, your son, and right. you. And right. you've got tickets. Yeah. Right? Where are you in the stadium? We're in the mezzanine. Okay. Like mezzanine level, which I love, kind of maybe on like the 10-yard line, right? Right yeah. around there, where the last touchdown was to win the football game. Wow. So it literally happened right in front of us, right? You know, I love the mezzanine. I sat there my dad's whole career because I feel like I'm watching film. So I can see it all. That's right? where your tickets were? My tickets were there. I yeah. mean, but when your dad played. My like- dad played. When I got to about seven or eight years old, for some reason, one game we sat in the mezzanine. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, I like it up there. I'd rather sit there all the time. Hmm. And my mom was kind of like, yeah, me too. And we sat there and I could see, you know, again, you know, you, you can see it all. You can see the whole field, right? So I could really see coverages develop, blitzes, all of that. I enjoyed that. I really did. It was a great seat. Had a lot of fun. Got the you know great view of the football game. Uh, so that was the you know where we sat. Who was around you? No, nobody special. Um, I feel like it was all TV industry type of people okay. that were probably around me or connected to the TV industry, right? I feel like that's what I had around me. No stars. You know, had a, a a box right behind us, right? But there was nobody in there that I recognized or saw anybody there, right? I, that means they're probably multi-billionaires. I mean, right, there. exactly right. Well, that's what exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, who's this unknown billionaire here that I don't know, right, that's running this place? But, uh, you know, the stadium itself was amazing. It's really cool. It's small, and it's easy to walk around. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, overwhelming that way. I felt like the Super Bowl itself was about the easiest to get into ever as far as like sometimes you know you got to walk like 7 miles to finally get to the stadium and everything like that. It was all very easy and accessible. It was harder to get to your set on Radio Row than it was to get yes, to your seat. Exactly stadium. right. Exactly right. <laughs> and then, you know, of course being in the stadium when it all starts and the look and everything like that. All so special, but the whole week was special. I mean, I'm exhausted. Uh the weekend when my family got there is when it got really exciting. Um, yeah. Right. I stayed at the Win Hotel on the weekend. Okay. The win was the spot to be. It's the best hotel in Vegas. I, I, I'm not trying to say like, oh, I stayed at you know, but I'm just letting. It's the only five star hotel in Vegas, right? It's phenomenal. 
a lot of the big ballers were there. Yeah. Right. I was definitely low man on the totem pole. Who are you rubbing shoulders with? Oh, there? I mean, it was I, anybody that's who's who in the NFL was there. The owners were there, you know. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Stephon Diggs, the Kardashians, Odell Beckham Jr., you say it, they were there. Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth, right? My son was a kid in the candy store. So that was awesome, right? And then, you know, to be at the bar in the lobby or whatever else, and you're drinking, and you're like, oh, there's Jerry Jones. Oh, there's Jeffrey Lurie, you know? Oh, hey, there's Stephon Diggs, four feet for me, you know? Well, you know? And so just to be there in those social environments like that yeah. uh, adds to the excitement. And for me, as I tell everybody, Right. You know, I am I am still a fanboy. Right. Whether it's the new guys or the old guys. So I love seeing both. So I am all for that. And it was a lot of fun. And of course, like my my kid couldn't have had more fun watching these guys, seeing everybody Friday night, go to Adele. Right. You did. Saw Adele. It was the, I was at the one where Jason, have you seen this Jason Kelsey yelling at Adele Eagles or something like that? I was there. I heard him. I was like, who was that (laughs) idiot down there in the front row yelling like that? Right. (laughs) So it was hilarious because I saw Jason Kelsey when it was done and we talked and we hung out a little bit. Right. And had a little conversation where we were waiting for our cars in like the little valet area. Um, But yeah, that was uh, that was really cool performance to see. I mean, Adele's voice and the performance itself was really cool. Yeah. Right? Saturday, you know, and I stayed out late that night and had fun. Saturday, you know. I mean, did you stay out late every night? I stayed out late, not every night, but I think Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I stayed out late. (laughs) I did. And I was worn out because of it. You know, because my friends started to come in town. I started to get the peer pressure. Hey, I haven't seen you in forever. We're over here having a drink. Come meet us. Okay. Okay, you know, and I had a lot of fun, but you still like kind of dragging yourself over there, and then you get there and you have fun, right? Yeah. Uh, but it, it was it was awesome that way. Went to a cool DraftKings party Saturday night after dinner with some of my friends and all that. You know, saw some really cool people there. It was like right next to the stage where Nas was singing. I mean, Ooh. Nas was performing. Right, uh, so that that was the weekend. Certainly full of excitement. Did they say thanks for you and Ahmed always saying the tagline together in unison? <laughs> no, they did. They did not care. There was way bigger ballers and people there than you and me, right? But we read so they might have said thanks to them, uh, but not to us, right? <laughs> so but, uh, not exactly. But uh, yeah, it was it was really cool. It's cool to be there in the hotel, right? People hanging out in the lobby, the lobby bar. And, you know, you're walking down the hallway to get to your elevator and you're like, oh, there's blah, 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 playing blackjack. Oh, there's that guy shooting craps. Oh, there's that player doing that. I don't want to call anybody out. Maybe doesn't want anybody sure. to know gambling or drinking. Yeah. Right. Uh, but so, yeah, but that was that was cool. And it added to the energy and the festivities of it. Without a doubt, one of the best Super Bowl host cities. I don't think there's any doubt. Right, it'll be back. It'll be back. There's no question about it. You know, I think it's pretty simple. The hotels can handle it all. It's a pretty accessible place altogether. And then, like I said, I think the stadium's made for it with all the suites and uh, how easy it was to get to and kind of maneuver around on Sunday afternoon. I didn't go outside right in the day and a half that I was there because you didn't need to. We were staying in the hotel that was connected to Radio Row. Right, it was kind of rainy when I was there too. Anyway, so I mean, it is a great venue for all of that stuff, and it can handle it in the hotel rooms. And yeah, it was it was it was fun while I was there. So the the game itself, yeah. The environment. Right. I've heard before. It's like it's a weird environment because it's not all fans. Right. You got the billionaires. You it's got corporate. the Chris Sims that are kind of rooting. You were rooting for a team there, but yeah. What was? How loud was it? Because I was sitting at home watching the game, and I was like telling my wife who was watching this game, 
with me, and she doesn't watch a whole lot of football games. I had to apologize to her. I, yeah. I said, this is not actually a very exciting game so far. It's It, it might get good in the fourth quarter. Who knows? Um, but what was the environment like inside? No, I you know, I mean, for, I mean, I first off, off of that point, I think you're right, too. I hear everybody going, was that the greatest Super Bowl ever played? I want to go, well, maybe when the best ending ever played. But the right. first three quarters were about as sloppy and not good of a Super Bowl Agreed. as you're going to find. Yeah. I can't even compare to last year's Chiefs-Eagles game. It was 38-35, back and forth, all game long, like high-level plays, right? This was different than that. Great ending. The stadium itself felt a little more corporate than most Super Bowls I've been to. Hmm. Right? I think that was the Vegas factor. I think all the stars and the big ballers were like, this is Vegas. I want to be there for this one. There's all these cool parties. All these stars are here. It's so easy from L.A. So everyone was just like, private plane in, private plane out. Helicopter in, helicopter out. I mean, I know I knew some ballers that week that were literally like, went back and forth with L.A. three times in the week. Right, they were like, "I'm taking the private plane today, and then tomorrow I got to come back for another event. I'm coming on a helicopter, and then I'm going to go back home, and I'm come back Sunday morning for the game." Right? And you're like, "Damn, okay, you're rich. Whoa, you're richer <laughs> than I thought you were." <laughs> right? Uh, but but yes, the stadium it felt itself felt a little bit more corporate than years past. Uh, the first time they played each other in Miami, right? There was a lot of talk how the Chiefs took over the stadium there in Miami in that for Super Bowl. It was almost like it sounded like eighty twenty for most people I knew. This time, 49ers won the battle, mm-hmm. right? 49er fans, I would say it was 60-40. 49er fans, they were certainly louder. They were the Chiefs, you could tell, are hitting a little bit of that Patriots. We've been there, we've done that. Not, I don't want to say spoiledness, but yeah. know how the routine works, right? Yeah. The 49er fans were in the stands, like, ready to go during warm-ups. The Chiefs were like, eh, this thing's got a long time before this thing starts. <laughs> like, they trickled in, like, right before the national anthem started, right? They were like, we've seen all this warm-up crap. We're going to be yeah. out tailgating, having fun, right? And, so, and some fans said, we'll just go next year. You know, we'll take this year off. We'll just go next year. Right. I met a few, <laughs> right, who were literally like, oh. You know, like, I mean, I've been to the Super Bowl every year because my boss is a Chiefs fan, so now I'm here. Like, and they're getting to that. They're like, yeah. you know, they're experts of the Super Bowl. But I did find that funny. But, yeah, it, it felt like the 49er fans were a little bit more rabid in this one than the Chiefs fans. And I think, you know, because of what we just stated pretty much. Well, all that is what I cared about most hearing. So yeah. is there anything else you want to talk about with the no, game or anything? No. I, uh, just uh, hey, film you that later. you saw, that no. was it. Yep. That's all I, I really cared about. I had about too to many drinks. I had too many smokes all weekend. Well, well, you bring I your went f- to Shaq's party on Friday oh, night. Oh, you did? I did. Do you know Shaq? I don't. Nope. Did I you don't. meet him? I just knew a rich guy that had a table, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically Las Vegas <laughs> Super Bowl Las Vegas. Do you know a rich guy that can get you in, right? I knew a rich guy that had a table. We got there. It was it was miserable. Yeah. It was so crowded. You were like you couldn't dance. You couldn't do anything. I only stayed there for about forty five minutes, and I was like, I've had enough of this after a long week of talking and doing sure. everything. So it didn't stay to that one. Very Pete long. wants to know if you danced. <laughs> I did a little. Did I mean, you? I'm a dancer. You are. Yeah, I'm. I'm not certainly not you afraid. Like call yourself a dancer. You... Well, I mean, like I don't know. I grew up in the New York club scene a little bit. Yeah. Right. So where I feel like you know, once you have a touch of that, you don't you don't care about what anybody thinks of you dancing or whatever. So yeah, I get in there, and then you know, I grow up in the you know football world. Dancing's part of the football world. It is definitely. 
You know, guys all the time. It's what, what you, know, you go to a guy's house, you go to a party with him, or they get in like, oh, you know, they make a circle in the locker room when music's playing and they like call you out. And you got to get in there and dancing. Like, I feel like, yeah, you got no chance when you're, you're an NFL football player. <laughs> yeah. You better dance a little bit. I thought maybe the linemen and quarterbacks sit that one out. No, That's yeah, what I, I mean, would we imagine. We try to, but they always get called out because <laughs> everybody's like, wait, I want to see the white, you know, guard and the white quarterback dance. Let's see if they have any moves. <laughs> yeah. They're always called like, out. Like John Harbaugh with the Ravens videos That's at the true. playoffs, right? Yeah. Everyone's like, let me see if nerdy white guy can dance, right? Yeah. And then they do, and you put on a few. It's survival. Like, it's survival at that point. Yeah. yeah, right? So uh, a lot of fun there. <laughs> All right, well, I'm, I'm, learning, I'm learning a lot here. Uh, it is the, I'm a the, dancer. The title of this pod, Pete is saying, is Super Bowl 58 recap, and I am a dancer, in quotes, <laughs> after that. Um, it, it is determined now. All right, let's, uh, let's get into the game here, because there, there are a lot of things I want to pick your brain about mm-hmm. here. But let's just start here. You watched the film. You went in with preconceived notions about both teams, both sides of the ball. Was there anything that stood out to you that was like, wow, that was a whole lot different than I thought, or this was more significant than I thought, or anything along those lines? I think the big thing is that, you know, being there, watching the game on film, the 49ers clearly outplayed the Chiefs, I thought, for the first three quarters of the game. But just like we talk about a lot of Sunday nights when we do the podcast, right? That team that kind of controlled the game but never really put them away or put them in a spot enough to feel comfortable. And then we see you let that team hang around, and especially if they got a few great players, right? You know, then we know what happens and we saw what happens. But, you know, being there in person, it felt like the 49ers were bigger and faster as a total football team, Mm. right? But it did feel like as the game was going on, the Chiefs were continuing to figure things out, right? The Chiefs seemed to be a little fresher towards the end of the football game. Uh, And I think, you know, bottom line, there's two things that jump out to me. Just X's and O's wise, the first one would be, you know, in a game that close and everything there, the 49er, uh, the, the Chiefs versus the Blitz as compared to the 49ers of the Blitz was definitely one of the, the keys to the game. When the 49ers blitzed the Chiefs, it was usually trouble. When the Chiefs blitzed the 49ers, you know, it was trouble with the 49ers' offense, right? Mm. I meant trouble as in the Chiefs. When the 49ers yeah. blitzed the Chiefs, it was trouble for the 49ers' defense. Got it. Okay. Right? The, the Chiefs won the Blitz War, right? And in a lot of big moments. So... That would be probably the first thing. The second thing is we have to start really saying this, okay? The Mahomes factor, okay? And here's the Mahomes factor. When you play Seattle scheme, play that, you know, rely on your front four for the majority of the game. They started blitzing more towards the end, third quarter, fourth quarter, the 49ers started to blitz. But when you rely on the front four all game and you're chasing Mahomes and – you know, again, Mahomes is different, like Josh Allen or Lamar, because not only are you chasing him when he runs out of the pocket or scrambles, but also you're not allowed to rush all the time, right? So mm-hmm. you're like, I got to rush really hard, collapse the pocket, and then kind of be like ready to go side to side for whatever way he breaks. And I'm just, you're always moving. You're always worried about corralling him. We're seeing that wears people out. It wears defenses out. That's what happened to the 49ers late in the football game. You could see that in person, right? On the last drive of regulation, I mean, I, there was a few 49er players that didn't even look like they could run a 5-4 in the 40, wow. right? They were so like, oh, 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 over here, over here, oh gosh, oh gosh, right? On the 11-play drive. So that, that was something that definitely I popped out in person. Another thing I'll tell you that popped out in person is that uh, in person, I mean, the first part, 
I've seen it in person, like in my face, right? But I've never seen it from the stands. Mahomes' arm is so much stronger than TV gives it credit for. It, because he's so relaxed and his arm is so flexible and the fact that he doesn't have to put power or put like, like elbow grease into it, you know what I mean? I don't think TV does it justice. Hmm. Sitting in the stands, watching him warm up, watching throws in the game, you went, holy shit, right? You know, Brock Purdy is the, actually the exact opposite. In person, his arm is weaker than it is on TV. And you go, damn, that ball stays in the air a long time. Damn. That floppy-ass motion takes a long time to get the ball out of his hand, right? Now, those are some things he's got to fix for sure. Mm. But those are just little things to me that you know popped out in-person stuff that, you, that maybe I wouldn't see on film or, or on TV. All right, we're going to touch on all that a little more in-depth as we go, but let's hammer home that point that you just finished yeah. on there about Brock Purdy and right. the, the kind of the talk around them because I think that is a part for the 49ers is mm-hmm. that if they would have taken advantage of some of the offensive opportunities they had yes. in the first half, they right. wouldn't have had to worry about overtime or fourth quarter or being close there. Right. Um, this is what Kyle Shanahan had to say about Brock Purdy's performance in the Super Bowl. I thought Brock was unbelievable. I mean, it's, you know, everyone has plays in a game, every single person um, that you want to take back. But um, Brock not turning the ball over in that game, making a number of plays. Um, taking us down there um, to take the lead earlier on. I mean, at the very end of the game to take us down to um, make the take the lead. Um, I thought, you know, we, we didn't get it done, so none of us, all of us obviously could have done another thing. But I was real happy with Brock played and real happy with how he played this year. And I thought Brock was unbelievable. I mean, one of the most impressive seasons I've been around um, for a football player and a quarterback. And um, he was just a stud through it all. Effusive praise from your good friend, a yeah. stud, unbelievable. Right. Said that two times. Right. You watched the tape. You saw it in person. Would you classify that as an unbelievable performance? No, I would not. I would not. Now it was. I don't want to. You know, it was solid, right? I'm not even sure I'm going to go to like. Okay, maybe good. Certainly not great. No turnovers. No, and it wasn't bad. Okay, and I think the biggest point in what Shanahan says, it, it, the, the the situation was not too big for him. I don't didn't feel that way. And we saw cut down 13-10, clutch drive, touchdown drive, go up 16-13. They missed the extra point, right? 16-16, clutch drive, go down the field, make it 19-16, right? There was some stuff there that's certainly admirable, and he didn't make any big mistakes. You know, I think the big thing is when I, if I had to shake out the game, and maybe I should have said this to start, is the, the Chiefs took advantage of not all their opportunities, but a, lot, a bigger percentage of it, I would say, right? There was less meat on the bone. The 49ers, there was meat on the bone. There was plays there to be had, right? I think that would be the big thing I would say, that they left some points, some yards on the field. So I don't want to say Purdy played bad. He certainly didn't. But I'm not going to sit here and play, say he played great. I'm going to say, no, it's solid to good is what he did, right? And then there was a handful of plays. Or The other statement I would say is just that, yeah, solid or good, but really made no plays to get them over the hump in the football game, which you need to do in the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right, The 49ers team, I still believe, is probably a little bit better than the Chiefs. I do. But a guy like Patrick Mahomes and his greatness trumps that little bit better. right? And that's where you get into the conversation of like, yeah, I don't know. Can you win a Super Bowl with the Jimmy Garoppolo's and Brock Purdy's of the world? Or you certainly got to take advantage of every opportunity you have and put a guy like Mahomes away. That would be the big thing. And I think that's where they dropped the ball, 
Like I said, it was 10 to 3 at halftime. And if you were sitting next to me in the stands, I had everybody going, what, what? Because I, I was going, fucking A. I mean, fucking A. They're only up by one fucking score after the half. And, you know, my wife's looking at me and Jill Florio's looking at me. And they're like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm going, they've outplayed them. They should be up 13-3. They should be 16-3 at least. I mean, they were controlling the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They schematically had answers for everything the Chiefs were doing. The Chiefs were still search mode at halftime. Like, wait, we don't, we, nothing's working. What do we do? What do we do? And you're up by one score? I mean, so that's disappointing. And that's where they're going to look back at it and go, not only were there like five or six plays where we can have gone up double-digit points, two scores, maybe three scores, but also three or four plays at the end of the game where they're going to go, we could have fucking ended the game right here, and we fucked it up. And that's what sucks for the 49ers. And the Chiefs, of course, being the ultimate get-it-done, clutch, execute in the big moment type of team – even though they had less opportunities, they took advantage of all those big moment opportunities and made the plays or dialed up the right scheme or whatever else. And that would be kind of a big picture thought for me, uh, Ahmed. Yeah, so you and Pete put your heads together and came up with a couple of plays for the 49ers where there was more meat on the bone, as you say. And here's one at the end of the first quarter. I think this is the drive that ended with a field goal to start the second quarter. It was a Brock Purdy 19-yard pass to uh, Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah. Um, but there was more meat on the bone well it's it's again you know it's it's a play that you're gonna sit here and go that's good it was a good play right but you're playing the Chiefs and Mahomes and there's and a game like this there's so many there's only so many opportunities you have to really go we can strike right here right and as a quarterback you know the seven or eight plays in the game plan where you go wait this could be a big play let me make sure I give the big play part of the play its chance to develop before I go on. Now, in this, and before we show you the next one, it's, I mean, so far in the game, and one of the early things in the football game was the Chiefs wanted to stop the run, five and six man fronts. We know that. The whole game plan was stop Christian McCaffrey, yeah. right? That's what it was. But within, they were trying to have it both ways, too. They were trying to crowd the line of scrimmage and then play kind of soft zones on the back end. Right? I think Spags went into the game a little bit like, hey, Shanahan's awesome. If I come out being crazy and aggressive, he might have something crazy and aggressive for me, and we'll be down 21 nothing. right? Completely opposite from the plan last year versus the Eagles, it, yes? It, yes. It, well, well, yes, exactly right, because last year it was totally aggressive, and we have to take chances or we'll never stop them, right? Yeah. This one was a little bit of this. So to this point of the game where we are here, right, this is still Chiefs feeling it out, we're going to stop the run, but we're not going to take any chances in pass defense. And within that, the first three quarters, the front four of the Chiefs could not get around Brock Purdy. If you went back and watched film with me in the first half, you'd go, Brock Purdy was baking cakes back there. There was nobody. So let's see. Here you see, use check in motion, okay? In the shotgun, he's got Kittle to the right, Ayuk to the right, and at the top of the screen is Ray Ray McLeod. All right, you see, we got kind of like a 4 3 defense with kind of like a quarter shell, maybe it's quarter, quarter, half, right? You can kind of see it, Ahmed, right? But it, all four guys in the, in the secondary are obviously playing zone. It's not a man defense. All right, so let's go to the next picture, right? Next picture, right? It was a little play action pass, uh, pass, but look at the pop. I mean, he's throwing right here, and there's nobody within four feet of him, right? Mm. I mean, I need you to verify me for those listening out there, but am I right? The pocket is totally clean. Listeners, Chris is not lying to you. Okay, thank clean you. Clean pocket. Now, within that, this is what I'm talking about. 
you got a clean pocket. Look at Ayuk, right? I saw Ayuk's brother getting mad about how does he only get the ball three times on social media, and this is the problem with Shanahan. No, no, this is the fucking problem with the quarterback there, buddy Ayuk brother. Like, what are you talking about? They called some plays for Ayuk in this game where he should have had the ball for big plays and big stats. So here's one. Again, you get the in cut. That's cool, right? PFF, everybody's going to give him a good grade. But you know, Chris Sims PFF says, shit, you just left seven points on the board. And now you settled for a fucking field goal here. And it should have been seven points and you should have been up more. Period. So there you go. And the pocket's perfect. You know this play is long to short. And you know this is a play where, ooh, this is one of those where I got a big play opportunity. So pat the ball one extra time. Take one extra hitch. Make sure they cover him. And as you see, mm. I mean, even when he had the ball in his hand, Ayuk was three or four yards past the, every, all the defenders. And then here, as the ball's in the air, I mean, he's gone. This doesn't really do justice to it. But that ball should have been thrown up in the air to about the 10-yard line, and Ayuk would be catching it, running into the end zone, or Legereus Sneed would be tackling him at the one-inch line, something like that. So there, there's one opportunity, again, where you don't have a ton of opportunities to score touchdowns and do things like that. And against a guy like Mahomes, they left that on the board. They settled for the field goal. And, of course, you know, you don't need, you can't settle for too many field goals when it comes to Mahomes and company. And that's one of those plays for Purdy where that should have been a top read. Right? It's not Definitely. one of these plays where, oh, it would have been in the third read no, or they're right. trying to get the in cut It is there. literally read the post corner, right? Look deep post corner and here comes the in cut right into your vision anyways right so it's almost you're almost staying right in the same spot but for whatever reason he didn't give Ayuk the chance to really totally so he could see the clear picture kind of like he predetermined it like no there's no way they're going to let him go deep right they're not going to let Ayuk just run deep mm-hmm. all right let me just get to my in cut and I think he was too quick there now again not a bad play certainly not I don't sure. want to say that but we know that's one again the Chiefs, Mahomes didn't have people screaming open down the middle of the field and go, I'm going to take the underneath one, right? When, she, when he had one guy open downfield the whole day, he fucking threw the ball of balls, right? The other guy he had open all day, right? The guy fucking dropped it on a deep cross. Remember when Watson dropped that ball that like, kind of hit oh, him on sure. the peck, right? Yeah. So there you go. He had two people open deep the whole game. He was like, fucking, I'm going to hit it, right? So there's a little difference there. Around any corner, within every battle, And with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
All right, one more yeah. play for you here with yeah. Purdy. This was midway through the second quarter. This is a 12-yard pass to Debo. So, again, a good play. Yeah. But you think it could have been more. I do think it could have been more. And I, you're going to see here, again, this is a game plan specific play. This is a play like the last one where when it comes into the huddle, you go, as a quarterback, I used to, or the good ones I used to play with, Kerry Collins, right, Brad Johnson, you, you get that play and go, and go, oh, fuck, coach wants it right here. Yes. Like, damn, we could get something big here. I'm going to wait on that big part of this, maybe just a split second, because this is why we put this in the last two weeks. All right? So, again, here we are. What is it, Ahmed? It's four down. It's... It's nickel. It's a 4-3, but the nickel guy the li- is the nickel linebacker, McDuffie. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, they get the protection right. They got Debo down here on a tight split. Okay. And you're going to see uh, 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 Joshua Williams, number two, the corner. He's going to blitz off the edge. Okay. They got it protected, though. And what it amounts to is now you're going to have Reed. You can see Reed, the safety over here. He's getting over Debo because he knows i got to cover Debo because my corner in front of me is going to blitz, right? And McCaffrey's going to have one-on-one with Willie Gay, number 50, who's in the middle right over the tackle right now, all right? So, juice checks in motion. Debo's to the left. McCaffrey's offset to the left. Go ahead, Pete. Let's go to the next picture, right? You're going to see Joshua Williams blitzes. See number two on the bottom of your screen there coming off the tackle. They've picked up the protection. It's there, right? He is protected, and he's already made a quick decision to throw the in-cut to Debo Samuel. And again, what I would just say is look at the pocket. I mean, there is nobody within five feet, and this is when he's throwing the ball. I mean – so it's not like he's throwing it and like, oh, I'm about to get hit. He's going to throw the ball and stand there and still not get touched, okay? Now, again, not a bad play, but another one where in this screenshot, it's not even really doing it justice quite yet because, one, it's man-to-man underneath with Willie Gay, right? And they're playing a kind of like a quarters coverage. Read number 20, you could see here, he's running inside already. He sees Debo break, so he's running inside. But... You know, if you go back, and and again, this is one where I'd go, you should have the bright lights on to go, wait, this is a big play moment. I got good protection. Let me pat the ball and take one extra hitch and see if McCaffrey breaks Willie Gay's ankles. Let's show the next picture, right? I mean, and there you go. The next picture is McCaffrey putting the okie doke on Willie Gay, Mm. and he's going to pull away from him. And it really throws a tight throw. It was, ended up being a really good throw where I want to go like Mike Edwards was a little late breaking on it, the safety. But either way, another moment where I go, you know, you got a chance here. You know this play call is for that. Why you're protected. Why not give it the extra split second to see if he can put the move on Willie Gay, which he does, and who knows what have been there. I think some people are also talking about the yeah. play at the uh... – end of the game where he was blitzed by oh, – there are a couple at the end of the game. Yes, but the one right. where he was blitzed by McDuffie. One in regulation, one, one last play of regulation on offense, last play of overtime yep. in offense, right? There was issues there. So is that where we want to go, right? I mean, I, we might as well just empty the bucket on, you just the, on the Brock all. Purdy, the, the right? pictures, the right? Okay, the, cool. The I like opportunities. And, and those were – we just showed you clean pocket in both of those. Yes. The ones I'm talking about 
there were pressure from the Chiefs, Spagnola dialing it up, maybe where he hadn't been right. throughout uh, most of the game and uh, getting the pressure, and it was successful. Yes, it was. Like, I would say, you know, let me see if I get this right. You know, second, second quarter, the Chiefs started to go a little bit like they're having their way with us. Yeah. We got to change. We're going to have to start blitzing. We're going to have to start playing more man-to-man, right? We're going to have to start doing stuff like that. So they dabbled just a little in the second quarter. And then somewhere, and I wrote it in my notes, like late third quarter, right, is where, where they, they started to say, like, the hell with it. We're, we're going to start being aggressive. We're definitely going to start to sprinkle in a good amount of blitz, and we're going to play a good amount of man-to-man and start being all over you yeah. guys, right? So that that that's where I would say that happens. I think after it got to ten nothing, they dabbled it a little bit, and then as the game went on, it clearly became more and more and more. All okay. right. So let's let's do yeah, this. Let's, let's go. There's a couple of plays here. We'll do the one at the yep. end of regulation, and for that, we go inside the numbers, powered by AWS. This is the third and five at the two minute warning. We got the dots for this one, Chris. They're already high flying, so a preview for those watching on YouTube or on Peacock right now. So this basically, if they get this first down. They can run the clock down. Game's over. Kick a field goal. With this is at most be, at most twenty five seconds. There's two go. timeouts, right? Yeah. Right. They're gonna have to use one of them right after this play, which is gonna be going into first down. Yep. Right. So now they're gonna run. They're gonna call a timeout. It's gonna be one fifty five. They're gonna run another play and they're gonna call a timeout. Right. No. They. They. That'll be. Yes, they oh, got yeah. this play. They have two timeouts. Yeah, yeah. One fifty-five. They'll run one more play on first down. One fifty now. One fifty. So now we go. Okay, you get that. Now you run the ball one, on second down. One ten. They run the ball on third down. Thirty. Thirty seconds. Yeah. They kick the actual field goal. Twenty-five seconds. Right. So yeah, you you said it exactly right. And Mahomes has the most amazing twenty-five second touchdown drive to win the I, Super Bowl. I would never seconds. count anything out with that fucking guy. That's for sure. <laughs> but but unlikely, here we go. But unlikely. So here, biggest moment of the game. They they get this conversion. They're going to win the football game. Right. There's the NFL Films clip out here. So they try to make it look like it's kind of like two-man, right, at the start of this. It looks like it's two-man right there. But McDuffie times it right, blitzes off the edge, right? They bring Connor, who looks like he's covering uh, George Kittle in the backfield. He blitzes as well. It's a cover zero blitz. Spags is going down swinging. He ain't going down playing some conservative zone or doing something like that. Plus, he knows... For the majority of the game, if I don't blitz, we can't get there. We can't. So he does that. Purdy throws the ball outside to Jawan Jennings. Of course, ball gets tipped by McDuffie. And even if it doesn't get tipped by McDuffie, Legereus needs probably going to knock it down. He's all over the slant route. The problem with this play is the ball should have gone on the inside slant to Ayuk. Right? First off, with that concept, blitz or no blitz, you're supposed to read it inside out, right? Inside slant to outside slant, right? You can't go outside to in, right? Because if you go outside and then you don't know what is inside and you throw a slant, you're like throwing it blind, right? So you work inside to out. More times than not, with that type of blitz there too, you throw it at the guy who got blitzed, right? They, that guy's uncovered. His guy that was covering him blitzed. There's a safety 12 yards deep that's trying to cover him now. So you get the ball, boom, you hit them, they're going to get the first down and win the game. Let alone, I know the dots don't show it all the way, but if you see it on film, 
you know, throwing the ball outside to Juwan Jennings, there was nowhere to throw it. That's why mm. the ball got knocked down. He was in the passing lane, right? You know, maybe Mahomes could get it around him with one of his sidearm slingshots or whatever. But Brock Party doesn't have that club. He doesn't do that. But if you watch on film, there is a lane to hit Ayuk. And so that was something that jumped out to me, certainly. Because I just, when I watched the film, you saw my notes, I wrote, I just don't understand why he didn't just hit the ball, with, hit the ball to Ayuk. Yeah. That was a little surprising to me. And, of course, he made, he had a press conference yesterday, and he referenced it. Let's listen to that. Oh, it's there. Um, yeah, I mean, like, regardless, I'm supposed to read it inside out. Um, J- JJ was hot, and I um, feel like, you know, going to him in a man-to-man situation is sort of what I was thinking. Um, but with, yeah, him blitzing, there was a, I think there was an opportunity for me to hit BA there, and um, that's something that I have to learn from and, and uh, be real with myself about. I told BA, obviously, like, man, you know, wish I wish I would have hit you there, at least attempted to go to you. Um, but, I mean, at practice, I've hit the outside slant a million times in that coverage, cover zero, and, and having our receiver win outside. And um, and obviously, I trusted JJ to win a, a contested ball like, like it was going to be. So um, that's just what happened in the moment. So that was Trent McDuffie's 16th unblocked pressure of the season. That was five more than any other defensive back in the game. So he and Spags tricking it up once incredible. again in the Super Bowl. He has a knack for it, and then Spags has a knack for I know how to get a guy free in a blitz, right? How we always talk about, like, stress of protection. He stresses the rules of the protection. He knows them. And then McDuffie has a knack, like we saw in the play, to kind of be patient and hold it and have a feel for the snap count and move at the right time to where he hits it more times than not at full speed, right, and gets up on the quarterback so fast that I think it's shocking. Yeah. Right? Was he the most impressive defensive player for the Chiefs when you looked at the film? I think so. I think, you know, they, they were, Jones is up there. Yeah. Chris Jones was all over the place. You know, at the end of the game, he did get pressures. But even in the first half, some of the plays he made in the run game, fucking the play up, get an arm on McCaffrey just to slow him down so he can't run through the hole full speed. Things that you're not going to see on a stat book where you go, holy shit, right? Like, that actually may show up as missed tackles. Right, missed tackle, downgrade. And I'm going to go, well, he's the best player on the field, but he's getting a negative grade? I don't understand that. Yeah. He literally exceeded all expectations of everybody else in the field. Negative grade because he missed an arm tackle. No. That shouldn't be like that. But Jones, Leo Chanel had a few minutes, few moments. Legarius, of course, right? Yeah, but McDuffie and, of course, their corners were a big part of the game because what allowed them to blitz and then start keep doing that and why you see all these high-pressure numbers on Purdy, yeah. right? They were not I, – I think if we looked at the pressure in the first half, it'd be like it's non-existent. Second half – they were like, we have no choice. Hmm. We have to. They're having their way. We got to change it up. And, okay, you know, we feel like we're pretty good with their tricks or whatever else or what they might do. And our, our DBs have come to the sideline a few times and said, I can cover these guys. Let me go, right? I mean, McDuffie was all over Debo Samuel. I mean, he ran routes for Debo Samuel sometimes. And that is the problem with Debo Samuel, as I said all last week leading up to the game, that he's not a man-to-man guy, Right. Ayuk, you know, had a little success, but when it came to man-to-man, it still wasn't like Legeria still won the majority of the battles is what I would say, right? That's one area where, yeah, the Chiefs certainly had an advantage. The 49ers needed somebody that can really fly 
That's mm. might be the next thing I would say to scare people off a little bit. Uh, but you know, McDuffie. Phenomenal. And he's phenomenal in the run game as well and everything that goes with it. With those second-half blitzes, they ended up blitzing 51% of the dropbacks. Uh, the fourth in the second half? Rate, uh, in the game. For in the, the game. game. Okay. For the game. Okay. Fourth okay. highest rate in the game under uh, Steve Spagnuolo. Jeez. Nine, a season-high nine unblocked pressures in the Super Bowl, all of which came on blitzes. Wh- who's... Whose fault is that? Of course, Spags is a wizard, Hall of Famer, coordinator. Yeah. If you want to put him in the Hall of Fame for that, you can do that. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't stop you. Yeah. Who, is it more on Shanahan or is it more on Brock Purdy on figuring that out at the line? Because there's the other play, too, that uh, in overtime right, where, where Chris, Chris Jones, Jones gets free. was unblocked there. Who is that on? Both of them. Yeah. I think Shanahan could expand his – Blitz rules, blitz offense, some of the things they do, right? And then what I don't know is how much freedom does Purdy have, right, within this whole thing. Like, before we get to this one, right, I want to go back to the last blitz and the dots again, Pete, if we can. Because there's one point we missed, There's right? one more thing? Well, there is one more thing for one more time. Uh-huh. He called this play to give himself answers everywhere, Yeah. right? The other thing, if you watch the NFL Films clip, right? I don't know if you've seen it yet. Shanahan's telling him to throw it to McCaffrey here. Yeah. There's no way he could have done that, right? If he throw, waits for McCaffrey to turn and, and look at the ball, he's going to get hit and fumble, right? Right. right. It's, it took too long. What it's I one of those where it's good that the microphone is shut off to the quarterback at that point of the well, play. Well, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and what I don't understand is, was McCaffrey taught to hasten this up when you when there's blitz, oh. right? You can't come off the line and kind of hip scop and and skip and and do all that and then get to the top of the route and then do another little jitterbug move before you break in against the blitz. There's no way, right? You know. So there, I, I too too go. I wonder if Purdy or if no, someone told McCaffrey like, hey, you got to be quicker here. Like you're you're not never going to get the ball, right? So that was a big part. But either way, you've heard me say this before. If there was anything I would ever pick up with Shanahan and and you know anything that like the weakest part of his offense is maybe that they do too much slide protection, mm. right? Like too much slide. And what I mean by that is basically like more times than not they leave. Okay, let's just say Trent Williams, you block the defense end, and then the other four linemen kind of slide to block the other three D linemen that are left, right? And when you overdo that a lot, it is an easier protection scheme for a guy like Spags to kind of expose at times, right? It's a little easier. Where, like, let's just say New England and Brady in the day, they were not a slide protection team. They were a man-to-man blocking team. So they were very much in, like, hey, wait, tackle, you got the DN, sure, but Guard and center, we got this guard, this tackle right here with our eyes up to pass it to other people, right? Right? And then on the other side, it's like, oh, hey, guard, you're by yourself and tackle, you're by yourself. But they find ways to pass these things off a little bit differently instead of just, hey, all four guys slide this way, right? So getting to that last play of – Go ahead. What do you want to say? Before we do that, I want to say that was inside the numbers (laughs) powered by AWS. Tell me to shut up. No, I just want to make sure I'm doing my job here, too. Um, So Graham Taylor, 
the last third down in overtime, the third and four play. How on earth was Chris Jones unblocked? Breakdown by the 49ers or Spags knowing the offensive line's rule? So an extension of the topic we're discussing right now. Well, you always hear, right, defensive coordinators, why do they like to blitz in big moments? Puts the pressure on the offense. they got to react in the heat of the moment. you got to remember all these rules, and sometimes you mess up and don't execute. I'll the play we just showed with Brock Purdy. You go inside out, right? You go inside out. But in that play, that moment, oh, no, he's coming. Let me just go out, right? Oh, no, right? McCaffrey, it's blitz, but you're supposed to run it. You're not supposed to get to run the route quicker. You forgot. I don't know why. But it's blitz, so everything got messed up. So that's what you're hoping for as a defense. That's when you hear on TV, like, oh, they're going to put it on the quarterback to make a decision. They're going to make mm-hmm. them execute here in this, right? So Spags, in those situations, more times than not, that's what he's going to go down with. He's not going to go down with, oh, we played some conservative zone and they called the perfect play and picked it apart, right? So he brings it. So let's get to that play. Here it is, third and four, final San Francisco offensive play, overtime. Okay? You can see, again, here it is, right? It's, it's, it's Bolden at the, at, over the center. They have a five-man front. And you could see Justin Reed is getting ready to blitz as well. Okay? They got this picked up. They don't need to do what they do. What you're going to see basically, now Buford, 74, who's in the game as a backup because Feliciano got hurt at right guard, right? He needs to stay right there on Chris Jones. But for whatever reason, because when Justin Reed blitzes, he goes and closes that gap, even though you're going to see there's blockers there for him. So they end up having more blockers on blitzers than they need be. All right, so let's go. Let's roll the tape. Roll the tape. Let's see the next picture when you get a chance. Okay, so now you see there like where Buford is. I see him. He's with blocking 32 right now, Ahmed, right? Well, he's the blocking c- the center. The Almost. center, all right. The center's on 32. Yeah. What are we doing, right? They've got this. They're okay. You know, the you could see that. Well, I'm, I'm wrong about this. The center is kicking out to get down oh, yeah. over there. See him he's over blo- there? He's blocking the left guard. He's blocking the left guard. Numbers-wise, you know, they should be okay here to the point of, like, he's going to have to throw it with Justin Reed bearing down on him. But nonetheless, Chris Jones shouldn't be unblocked. Buford should be over there on Chris Jones. McKivitz, McKivitz is right in what he's doing. He's going out to Carl uh, Laftis, who George Kittle is blocking, but that's his rule to help the, the tight end and the pass block here. Yep. So Buford stepping down is really the issue with this right here. And... It is the issue with the play in general because if he has a half a second more, three-tenths of a second more, he's going to hit Jawan Jennings on the slant return for a touchdown to win the game probably. I have seen some uh, of offensive line Twitter talking about this yeah. play as well. And, and Kittle was chipping, so it wasn't like full block. He right? was going out for a pass. He was going. He was just giving a help. Like, let me give a body presence, hit the hit the outside shoulder, and now McKivitz is on George Karlaftis, as yeah. you can see. Uh, so uh, offensive line Twitter. Right. Talked about the, the pulling of the center. Yeah. Why? And asking the question, why? What are you really trying to accomplish with that? And I, I guess maybe to give the run, run fake, there was a little action to the left. You know, I, is I it something to the left? Is there an end around? But 
and it's always easy to second guess I when know, things don't work. But I think from their vantage point is like in that situation, are you being too cute uh, against a Chiefs defense that has shown that they have no problem blitzing in that situation? I, I know. They took the – instead of let's try to figure out how to block it or max protect, Yeah. on these two big plays they took the let's get everybody out, right? Yeah. That's what they did. Let's trick them. Right? Let's trick Let's just send all five out and somebody will be open with a quick throw, yeah. right? But the Chiefs are good, and they they blitz a lot, so they've seen teams do this to them, and they're on them like sticky glue, right? So, you know, I, I hear you. I, I, I Listen, I know. You know, certainly, could we sit here and go, why don't you just keep a six-man protection and, and just be safe and send a three- or four-man route out there and try to let something work, right? But at the same time, he's playing a good team. He's going, let me give another angle here. I, maybe he didn't expect them to blitz down there. Who knows? Maybe they're all-out blitz numbers inside the 10-yard line or almost like non-existent, right? There's things like that. But either way, they shouldn't have been in the position they were in. Like, let's go back to the last picture, right? Like, to my point, look at where Justin Reed is. He's going to have time because Justin Reed blitzed, and because of the run fake, right, Ahmed, he kind of stopped in the hole for a second and, like, pitter-pattered, and then he had to restart. So when Purdy's throwing the ball, he's still five yards away from him. Right. That was my point. And if Buford stayed on Jones, Purdy's still going to have time, even though Reed is free, because Reed went, oh, wait, did they run it? And then he had to restart, right? And that hurt. Um, but, no, I, I don't have answers. And, hey, listen, this is something that they kind of do, you know, on a consistent basis anyways with some of their play-action fakes and fakes that way is they pulled the center out there to do that. Right. And it shouldn't uh, have been so complicated. Although you do have no. a backup in there, but it shouldn't have been so complicated or no, something right. so abnormal. And Buford that, was a starter at one point yeah. this year. He, he certainly should not make that mistake. And then, you know, he got thrown under the bus by his Joe Feliciano. Uh, who I felt bad about well, that. He well, he was trying to stick up for McKivitz. And by doing that, he, you know, maybe, ta- maybe tactically shit on the guy that was competing him for his job. He's apologized <laughs> for that. I know. Yeah, I do believe so. I know. But uh, since we're talking about Chris Jones here, we might as well fire up the music. It is we that time. Like big butts and we cannot lie. The big butt of the week. Oh. Time to give some love to these Woo. big guys. Some it, touches. It's a couple sacks, forced <laughs> fumble. He's a butting superstar. Thank Give you. it to him, Ahmed. One butt cheek. And this is why you're the big butt expert of the world right now. His second big butt of the season. Both came in the playoffs. He had one in the divisional round versus the Buffalo Bills. Now gets one in the Super Bowl. And I believe, Pete, he was the Super Bowl big butt award winner last year. Man. He had to have been. Right? Big, he was. big game, big butt Jones. Big game, big butt. That's called That's what they Big call. game, big butt. 55 snaps, most of any defensive tackle in the game. Six pressures, had a game-high two quarterback hits for defensive tackles. He really showed up at the end of the game. But you say he was showing up for parts throughout the game. Early in the game, his run game defense was the yeah. thing, right? Part of their key to their success, yeah, Jones in the clutch, which we've seen in all their Super Bowl wins, right? But parts of the game early on, stopping the run. The game, hey, listen, the Chiefs, the reason they stayed in the game and their defense played so well is because they stopped the run. The 49ers tried to be patient with it, just like the Ravens did not, right, in the NFC Championship game. But I think there was moments where it was like, damn, am I going to really keep running the ball? I mean – you know, it's second and 11 a lot of these times I keep running the ball on first down, right? I had people keep texting me going, like, why doesn't he running it more? And I'm like, you know, you know, I mean, they're bringing it on some of these run plays. Like, it, what, they're playing run. They're going for it. 
You know, all the stuff they do, like I said, they were playing soft in the back end, but up front, they were pinching everybody, like all D linemen, just go in, right? Make a mosh pit. You know, then the next play, it's a different alignment, it's a different movement. So they make a mess of things. And Jones' ability to be athletic, play different positions, hold his ground, and when he's being double teamed, shoot a gap, or hey, the, my guy over me pulled. I'm going to follow him right down the line of scrimmage and tackle the dance. I mean, those are the things that he is phenomenal at. And yeah, that's, you know, McCaffrey, I know it says 22 for 80, right? Yeah. The first drive, he had 17 yards on two carries. So you really break it down. The rest of the game, he had 22 carries or 63 yards. And what I even take away from that is like, on the last drive of regulation, I think he had another run that was like eight or nine yards where you just go. So there was a lot of carries, I'm telling you, that were for nothing or for one or whatever else. And a lot of that was because of Chris Jones and what he does in the middle. They did a pretty good well, three point or pretty good job, pretty yeah. well. 3.6 yards per carry. It was the third lowest this season for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Jones has now won five of the eight defensive tackle big butt awards that I have handed out in the playoffs over the last two years. When the lights are the brightest, his butt is the biggest. Is the biggest. Uh, Pete, well done on that. Uh, Robin Hood also in the run game. I'm going to give the edge a little bit later. But Robin Hood in the run game, you wanted to give a special shout-out, and you did already, to Leo Chanel, the forced fumble on Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, huge play. And Chanel had a lot of plays that will not go on the stat sheet as well. Whether it was, you know, taking on blocks or one of the best things he did a few times where, you know, he got on the end of the line of scrimmage, and they run a reverse with Debo or a screen on the outside to one of the receivers. His ability to pursue and play it the right way to make the guy cut back into the help of the defense was incredible. I mean, he had a few plays in the game where you're like, ooh, they're about to get outside here. Watch out. And his speed and strength, he ran like a psycho and was like, I, even though I got a guy kind of blocking me, I'm not going to let him go outside of me. I'm still going to get out there and make him cut inside of me, right, with some creative thoughts and things the 49ers did. So, yeah, he was one. Chris Jones was another. Carlaftis early in the game, a lot like I just talked about with Chanel, made a lot of great plays of, whoa, McCaffrey's about to break through there. Oh, man, Carlaftis stuck his arm out there. Oh, they threw the receiver screen. Watch out. He ran back there and made it a five-yard gain instead of it going, oh, if he didn't do that, that was going to be a 25-yard gain. Uh, right. So they were definitely guys that jumped out in me, along with McDuffie and Legeria Sneed, of course. I want to flip over to the other side of the ball, but yeah. just a couple more things and got yeah. some homey questions here. Cool. Ted J. Rowland says, are there more flaws with the Niners than we think? Too few blue-chip offensive players balling in the third quarter versus the Chiefs. Previous playoff games not that inspiring either. Could they be beyond their best? So this was the 48th game where Debo and Ayuk and Kittle have all played together. It was just the third time uh-huh. that they have combined for less than 100 scrimmage yards. They were shut out for, you know, I know not literally, right, but figuratively for what they stand for. You know, one of the things we've seen, and I think one of the things we see on the playoffs, like, you know, the 49ers, when they can't get big plays, they're a different team, right? We saw all year, like, big plays, big plays. Ooh, they're amazing. How do you stop it? How do you stop it? And... You know, the Chiefs and, 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 you know, the Packers, they certainly found ways to kind of slow the big play prowess of Shanahan and these weapons out there. But where, you know, I, I, there, there's, there's a lot to the context of this. I think the first thing is, is we got to recognize the Chiefs are fucking good on defense, right? They got studs, 
All right, they got some blue chip dudes that are like special, right? We kind of just named them all. Yeah. But especially Bolton, Chris Jones, Legarius Steen, and McDuffie, they are special. I think that is the number one under talked about part of this Super Bowl game because everyone, it, of course, it's an easy story and it's a fun story. Right. And Mahomes is awesome, right? right? But the, the the narrative of Mahomes always finds a way. Well, guess what? If that defense wasn't so good, they would need to have scored a lot more points throughout the playoffs, and he would not have necessarily been able to find a way. Definitely. I think that's like an underreported part Agreed. of this Super Bowl winning team this uh, 100%. Year. Yeah, Mahomes gets all the headlines. They, got, they won the Super Bowl because of their defense. Their defense kept them in the game to let Mahomes work magic late in the game, right? Yeah. I think that's the big thing, let alone, like we've said maybe for three years now, the Chiefs are so much tougher and physical than they ever get credit for. They're cool, and it's Mahomes and sidearms, and I know it was Tyree Kill, and it's Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and everybody wants to talk about that. But when the game gets physical, the fucking Chiefs show up. And that's one thing that we can never forget. And I think that does get lost in translation, mm-hmm. right? Oh, how do you, you know, we, you've heard me say this. How many times have I joked about it? Oh, we can't stop the 49ers run game. Well, they did twice in two Super Bowls. Oh, Derrick Henry in the AFC Championship game. Oh, he couldn't go anywhere. The Eagles are the greatest running team we've ever seen without offensive line. Couldn't do it, right? Game plan, yeah, players, Ravens, Ravens dudes, said, we're not even going to try. Ravens said, the hell with it, which is crazy. <laughs> right. But to our man at Ted J. Rowland, right? Yeah. I think there's... Like, hey, Kittle is not as explosive as he once was, but he's still really good. Debo, as you see, and this is something that we've talked about in you know in a lot, is he's not a man-to-man guy. He's zone space guy, and then it's watch out. But when he has to get off jam and line of scrimmage and do stuff like that, you know, he's quick and can accelerate, but guys like McDuffie and Legereus Need are like, I can beat you in a race every day of the week. It was a so, bad matchup for right. him. Right. So I'm not going to overplay, oh, no, you faked like you were going deep, right? So it's a bad matchup, exactly like you're saying. Those guys have the speed to go, I can kind of go 90% with you and wait for you to cut, and then I'll turn it back on, right? So that's where they have the advantage there. Of course, great game planning. This is two teams that really knew each other. That's the one thing I'll say, too, right? I felt like the 49ers actually knew the Chiefs more in a lot of ways, but obviously it's great knowledge of both sides' scheme by all coordinators, right? So that's tough, too. You're not going to be just getting people screaming wide open. Also, to the point at Ted J. Rowland, we've showed four or five plays where the blue-chip players probably could have got plays. That's not even including, oh, the fake run fake and Debo's running down the middle of the field for a touchdown and he overthrows them in the end zone, right? You know, and again, I think they scored on that drive. I think that was Jawan Jennings, a fourth down conversion out route to Kittle, the same drive, so it didn't come back to hurt him. But again, our point too was that there was some opportunities for some big plays. There was a third down in the fourth quarter, uh, or excuse me, late third quarter. You might remember this play. He throws Ayuk on a deep out, right? They were three for 12 on third down. Magic Man was nine for 19 with almost nobody open the whole fucking game, right? Three for 12. That's a quarterback down. That's where I can't get behind my friend's comments and go, he played unbelievable. Hmm. Everybody in football knows third down as quarterback down. That's why every year, who leads the league in third down conversions? The Chiefs and the Bills, because they can't stop their fucking quarterbacks on third down. That's how good they are, right? But back to the play, and this is one I wish I would have wrote down too. You might remember it. He sits in the pocket. He throws the Ayuk on the left sideline on an out route, and the safety Edwards almost kind of undercuts it for an interception on the 49ers sideline. But he threw it high and outside. It wasn't like that close, but you're like, ooh, if he threw a good ball there, that might have been. That play there, 
Debo Samuels screaming wide open on a shallow cross, uncovered, uncovered, doesn't get the ball. How about the drop Debo Samuel had in the second quarter of the game, the shallow cross? Now, again, I'd like Debo to catch that, but that was not a good ball. The ball was at his knees. If that throws in his chest, Debo's running for another 30 yards. Hmm. He had another throw to McCaffrey who ran an out route and then came back in. in the, it might have been the third quarter or maybe late first. I can't remember exactly what it is. I got too many plays in my head. Yeah. But same type of thing where McCaffrey had to go down to the ground and catch it. And I go, if he throws it to McCaffrey in the chest, he's going to run for another 20 yards. So those are some things where I can't get behind the, you know, Brock did good, but I'm not going to say great. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Orion Chuzzlewit says, hi, guys. The Shanahan scheme does more than any to work around average quarterback talent. However, in the postseason, the best defenses will get you into third and long more often where it seems to run out of answers. Does Kyle need to find his staffer to truly find a solution to this? This is a – I mean, you, I, I kind of was just bro, bro, you know, broaching on this yeah. subject, right? This is it's a perfect question because it's kind of what I was just saying. A couple plays go their way, and they do win without their Stafford, I will I know, say. I know. I know, but that's the same thing we said about Garoppolo, yeah, right, and the other sort of Super Bowl. We're in an era right now, and I said this to Florio today, and this is great, just food for thought conversation. It's 2023. It's the passing league right now. It's the quarterback league, more than it's ever been, right? It, it, it's getting to the point to me where it's like, you better be significantly better than the team with the great quarterback, or that great quarterback can close those gaps, mm. Right, I really have no problem saying, like, this year, last year with the Eagles, the first time they played each other in the Super Bowl, Chiefs and 49ers, I really feel like the better team on the field was the team that lost, right? But not by enough that they could cancel out the greatness of the quarterback. It's crazy, right? And that's where I'm not sure, right? The only time I can ever say we've kind of seen that here in recent history I feel like it's when Nick Foles beat Brady. But Nick Foles played out of this fucking world good. And we came, came back from that game going, I, he took advantage of every opportunity and then some. I've never seen Nick Foles play like that in my life. Right. Right? He played like an elite he quarterback. He played like he was a superstar that day. Yeah. So there's one. But that's I, I really, in this era of salary cap, and the teams are so close, right? Even when you may be the better team, if that other team has the quarterback, man, you better play the game pretty perfect if you want to upset that guy. And I think it's, you know, 
it's it's a real topic of conversation. So let's get to that other quarterback yeah. then as we yeah. flip over to the other side here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes via sports data guru Neil Payne. Uh, and you trust him because he's a data guru. He yeah. knows his stuff. Since 2001, there have been 125 playoff drives in the fourth quarter with under one minute left and the offense trailing by seven points or fewer. League-wide, this is clutch time. League-wide, only 90% saw the team get points, the points they needed. Oh, I'm sorry, 40%. Jeez. Only 40% only saw 40% the team get the points need they needed. We Neil Payne, the data guru, to read his own stat here. Right. Uh, 40% saw the team get the points they needed. Brady was 46%, so above average. Drew Brees, 50%, three of six, so above average. Mahomes, 100%. He has done it seven out of seven times. He's unreal. <laughs> He's, I, I, I mean, I think he's the greatest thing I've ever seen. I know Brady has all the hardware. I get that. But he's past Rodgers in your mind, peak Rodgers. Yeah, he has, definitely. I think when you encompass, yes. I mean, I mean it's, it's, I, I, it's incredible. Brains, brawn. Likeability. Likeability, <laughs> feel, instincts, whatever, are off the charts. Clutchness. And big moments off the charts. It's, I mean, again, it's six years, it's six AFC championships, it's four out of five Super Bowls, it's winning three out of four of those. It's incredible, right? I mean, you look at what his playoff stats are at the age of 28 compared to Brady, you just tell it's not even a comparison. Like, I know the Super Bowls are the same, but one guy's carrying the team, the other guy's just being part of a great football team and running the show. That's right. The other, the other guy is like, it is, he is the fucking show. And then we fill things around him to make it work, right? That, that's what's incredible. I mean, it's, it's the greatest thing we've ever seen. And, yeah, he's the greatest talent I've ever seen in my life in the NFL – and really, when it comes down to it, I know, like, hardware-wise, he's not Brady. But he's, to me, a greater player than Brady. Yes. And I don't say that lightly. But, again, you know, like we've talked about, Brady had got to grow into something. From day one with Mahomes, they were just like, carry us. 400, four touchdowns, win the game. Right? Brady, they were like, let's just go 18 for 25 and 200 yards and a touchdown and an interception. We're good. We'll win the game. Our mm-hmm. defense will run the ball. I'm Belichick. We got it. That, that to me, it's very Michael Jordan-ish. It feels like it. It's like this. I used to sit there and go, Michael Jordan, go, oh, uh, shit, that team's only up by five and there's three minutes left. They should have put him away. We know what's going to happen. It's going to be fade away in your face, fade away in your face, fake fade away, up and under layup. And that's the way it is with Mahomes. It's like what I was saying with my son and the people around me. Like, here we go. We fucking let him hang around. And now he's starting to get in a rhythm. Watch out. And that's kind of what happened. And, of course, it was a 49ers fan's nightmare. He didn't have a whole lot of deep ball opportunities, but hit one, 52 yards to Mecole Hardman. Next Gen Stat says that the 52-yard completion to Hardman traveled 58.2 yards in the air. It was Mahomes' third longest pass of his career, longest since week 12 of 2020. Uh, this one play added 8% of win probability. Uh, and I think, what, what was it? Was it our, our good friend Jason Garrett was doing some math? Apparently. Did Matt Casey send that way, to us? Way too many Princeton math equations there. Because the, the ball traveled downfield, but he, he had A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Like, how far did the ball actually go? And I don't figured, think his normal number was 58, though, was it? Was his normal? Because we're going to have to argue that Jason Garrett's Princeton math is not the same <laughs> as eight, uh, next-gen stats. I'm uh, going to take... 
So he said it went six. Jason Garrett's math said 64 yards through the air. Yeah, Jason's really smart and he wins to Princeton, but I'm staying with next-gen stats <laughs> on this one. Yeah, he, yeah, I think he was using a square root, Pete says. So right. we don't I know. mean, we he went to Princeton, Princeton but he's still a football player. You know what we'll so do? That smart, we'll get Neil I mean. Payne to look at Jason's numbers <laughs> there. Uh, what would you make of this play? I mean, it, it's an incredible throw. I mean, incredible. And I don't even think he threw it perfect, right? But here's like I this is one where again I'm sitting in the mezzanine and I was going, "Oh shit, they're going for it right here." As soon as I kind of saw him roll out and I saw the protection, I went, "Oh no." And I could see Hardman got off the ball clean. And I was like, "Is he about to go to the corner or the post?" I was literally watching him going, "Where is he going to go?" Cuz if he goes corner or post, he's going to have a right. a big play. He goes post and then I could see Mahomes setting up and I was going, "Oh, he's setting up for the big one. Here we go." And of course, he threw a great spy he throws the ball to Jason Garrett and next gen's point so far and so great that and so and high as well that to Sean Gibson, who probably should intercept the ball, number 31, he's like, wait. Where the fuck is the ball? He literally turns around at one point because he's like, wait, it's not here yet. It must be in the air already, and I'm going to go intercept it. He turns around like, the ball must be in front of me somewhere. And then as he's going to do that, he looks up, and it's going right over his head into the McCole Hartman's head, uh, hands. But incredible throw. And, you know, and the other thing, too, that's funny is look how open Kelsey is. <laughs> I know you're Kelsey right. was so mad when the ball was in the air because he was like, what the his arms up. Yeah, like, he put what? his arms up. Like, why didn't you throw to me? And then it was like, yes, good throw. Uh, but, yeah, that was the throw of the day right there, certainly. And like I said, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for them to make plays like that. Well, yeah. And that I, one and the Watson drop were the only two down-the-field throws all day where I went, ooh, there's something there to be had. And, of course, they – took advantage as much as they could. And there's something that you found in the film, too, with Mahomes, is that perhaps he felt like he didn't want to make a mistake or shouldn't try to push the envelope too much, at least early in the game. Hey, they're, they're a good D. We know that. They've been one of the top defenses in football all year. They definitely didn't play great at the end of the season in playoffs. This was their best game they played in about a month on D. This was one of those, again, when you turn, when being there even in person didn't change my thought of what I saw on film, where in person it was like, whoa, the 49ers are ready, right? Zone or man, they were closer to the line of scrimmage. You know, you saw early on they tried to throw some of those wide receiver screens out there to Kelsey and I think one time to Rasheed Rice. I mean, they got nothing, mm -hmm. right? You know, the Javon Kinlaw played good on the defensive line. I mean, they played really good, right? They really did. And their front seven, I thought, was phenomenal throughout the football game. Um, but uh, what was I going to go? Where was the – let's, let's show you the play. It's the 30-14, oh, yeah, yeah, right. end right. of the first that's quarter. Right. Yep. Mahomes gets a four-yard scramble on this play. So here – and, and no, to the point here, that's what I was trying to get to, is that, you know, hey, this is the new Mahomes we saw in the playoffs. Wait, I got a good defense. I can be mature. I don't need to force stuff. Embrace right? the ugly. I might miss a little completion here and there, but if I feel like it's too dicey or whatever else, I'm not going to do that. And those are things he didn't do in the Tampa Bay Super Bowl loss. So here's one where, you know, again, I think he learns what his team is. He knows who they are, and he's not going to let the 49ers get a jump-off spot. And he, I think he also knows, hey, we don't, we're not, like, real super scary at receiver and I'm not going to take those type of chances. So, 49ers, here they go, 4-3. They're going to kind of play their cover four zone. You see he's got two receivers to the right, back set to the right. Kelsey Watson set off to the left, set HUD. He lifts the legs. Let's go to the next picture, Pete. So, he drops back. Now, you see here, right, 
He's moving up in the pocket, and he's got Marquez Valdez-Scantling as he's kind of running to throw a curl route. I'm shocked he didn't throw this, Mm -hmm. right? But, like, this was the most egregious non-throw of the game. There was other throws in the game where you went, ooh, maybe Mahomes in week eight would have tried to, like, jump and throw that in there or do that. But he just said, no, not in this game, not in this moment. I'm not going to do that. And, yeah, I thought he... He he plays he he does he he goes he coxes to throw it once and then thinks about it again yeah. and decides not to. Now it's early in the game. He's getting the feel. He's you know maybe a little gun shy or whatever else. Uh, but I think he knew the kind of game he was in and he was careful early on, right? And that was you know one play where you go yeah certainly could have maybe threw that. There might have been one or two other plays in the first half where you go if he throws the most unbelievable throw here, I know he's capable of it. Like, okay, maybe Mahomes can get in there, but he's going, wait, I don't want Fred Warner to tip that ball and to go in the air and interception. It's not worth it in this game. So he he played a little, you know, conservative early on and didn't just let it fly. Now until, with Purdy, you, did, yeah. you just got done saying yeah. that you have to take advantage of yeah. the opportunities when you have it. Right. You felt like this was different. Well, Mahomes. this was different, and this is going to be like a nine-yard throw. This isn't like IU going deep for a touchdown, sure. right? I mean, this is one where he's coming back, and I'm not even sure he's definitely going to get the first down. He probably is, right? But they're converging, and, yeah, they're a little different. They're not an offense. They're not the 49ers, Right. And they have him, so he can go, wait, I'll be a little wait for my moment. But, hey, one of the things about the game overall, yeah, he was a little conservative early, gun-shy, whatever else, like I said. I mean, he didn't throw a ball in rhythm until the two-minute drive at the end of the half. Like, Hmm. no joke. I think I wrote to you in my notes, I said, I think it was late third quarter where I finally felt like Mahomes was comfortable I mean, they were around him a lot. Bosa was everywhere, right? You know, Allegretti was not perfect at left tackle. He, uh, I mean, left guard. He got beat a number of times. Kinlaw, Javarn Hargrave. So, you know, I think also in his mind, he's going, wait, I don't want to lose. I don't want to take a sack. I don't want to lose these things. So if I got to be a little conservative that way and move maybe a hair second before I got to, I think those were all in his mind. Uh, as he was playing this game. Let's give some pub to Allegretti, though, because apparently he played all 79 snaps yeah. despite suffering a torn UCL yeah, right. in his elbow in the second quarter, uh, per sources of Tom Pelissero. So uh, so good job by Nick getting through that that Super Bowl and getting through it. And, and if you're a 49ers fan, you are saying, and you are showing on social media multiple times, because I am seeing him on Twitter multiple times, uh, the holds that they say that the Chiefs' offensive line was doing on Nick Bosa and the 49ers' defensive line. What did you see from looking at the film about the refereeing of the holds and in the trenches well, in this game? It, they might as well. I mean, I, there's a part of me that goes, well, what, do, we, do we need referees anymore? Like in the Super Bowl, are we just never going to call anything? <laughs> I mean, never? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly – I saw a number of holdings on both sides. I mean, the Christian McCaffrey touchdown – we didn't even break that down on that side of the ball. What a great play by Shanahan. Mm-hmm. The Juwan Jennings pass across the field to Christian McCaffrey. He, he's going to lose three yards. I mean, the guy fucking horse collars George Karlaftis is he's about to break free and make the tackle. All right, so there, there was that too. I mean, there's a, a run, you know. There, my end-of-the-day statement would be that watching the game back, I felt like the Chiefs were held more than the 49ers in big plays, right? Now, I know there was a few pass plays on each side of the ball where I went, oh, man, that looks like that pass rusher got hooked there. That looks like it could be holding. And I think it is holding in week 12 of the regular season. But in the Super Bowl now, 
That doesn't seem to happen. I did not come away from the game going, the 49ers got screwed. Where I did come away is going, I feel like my friend Shanahan's cursed, right? Mm -hmm. Get faced with that decision the first time ever in Super Bowl history. A guy hits a bad punt and it goes off your guy's foot. Your all-pro middle linebacker fucking just tears his Achilles running onto the football field, right? Um what else happened that was crazy? Oh, you fucking have an extra point blocked, right? I mean, yeah. those are some crazy things, some crazy bad breaks that you just go, I mean, are you kidding me, right? Totally. So th- those are, those are, that's where I feel. I'm not going to say they got jobbed by the refs. I'm not. I, w- I was feeling for you, though, because you, were, you are now living my nightmare from the last two weeks, having to defend an NFL head coach yeah. that you like and respect. Right. For a decision that was at worst 50-50 right. and at best the right decision at yeah. the time. I mean, right. I feel like I was doing the same thing with, with Dan Campbell. It's like at worst it's a 50-50 toss-up. You could go either way on it. And I felt the same way with Shanahan on that call. I don't think kicking the ball in that situation. The third possession, and people say this all the time, not too, or not all the time, but people are saying this, that, well, if he would have known that the – Chiefs were going to go for two all along if the 49ers scored a touchdown and then the Chiefs scored a touchdown, then you don't do that. But in my head, I I would assume every team would already know that in that situation, if the first team scores a touchdown and the second team scores a touchdown, the second team is always going to go for two. Like, that's a given. Why would you kick the extra point and then kick off to the other team, allowing them a chance to... Like, they just scored a touchdown on you, so clearly they can move the ball. There is no situation where that second team would ever not go for two there. I, that, I don't get that. I, I think that's fair to question, 100%. You're right. Like, maybe that third, that third possession thing is, is not good. Now, where yeah. I can defend him in the third possession thing is going, yeah. we set the Super Bowl record for field goals, 100%. and it would become a field goal game, right? That would be, yes. So I'm thinking he's he, – if I, and again, I haven't talked to my buddy. There are a lot of anything. other scenarios that are not touchdown, touchdown. Exactly, yeah. right. And, and I haven't talked to my buddy. I sent him a text after the game. I haven't heard back. Yeah. So, again, I don't know. But my big thing I would say is, yeah, the game – they did go – it sounds like they went into the game, but that was their plan anyways. Mm-hmm. The game itself lend it to that thought. Oh, we'll kick a field goal. They'll kick a field goal. We'll get the ball back, and we'll win the game and kick another field goal. Right? I understand that. Now, I think the thing that has to be questioned a little bit is, like you're saying, you know, first off, do you want to give the ball to Mahomes in that position? Yeah. Right? But now where I'll also say here, right, and I know Shanahan didn't say this right after the game, but he said it yesterday, and John Lynch said it too, because I said this Monday morning. I mean, his defense just got done, got done doing a CrossFit session at the end of regulation. 11 plays, 63 yards, and a hurry-up offense, right? 11 plays, 63 yards, and a minute and 50. So that's every – I know when people go, well, this is a long drive. It's a 17-play, 10-minute drive. That's easier on a defense than it is when it's 11 plays in a minute and 50 seconds, right? They're getting like – on a 17-play drive that goes 90 yards, you're getting like 35 seconds between each snap to go, okay, I got it. And that scenario, I mean, it's literally everybody's like, hurry up, get back. Hey, cover two, cover two. What? He's going set out. Oh, I got to run over here. I mean, you're dying. So now mm-hmm. you're going to throw that defense on the field in the first drive of overtime against Mahomes? And you said even when they were on the field, they still looked gassed. They looked gassed. So I could certainly see that being a part of the thought process going, wait. I mean, if we throw our defense out there right now and Mahomes seems like he's kind of getting hot, 
Like, we might be down seven, a touchdown right away. And, even and now it, we have yes. the pressure on Brock Purdy to go down and, you know, he's been good in the other ones, but this is a different game. Like, can he go down and score a touchdown in this moment? And even if it wasn't right. part of the thought process, right. it still would have mattered. It's still, even if that wasn't the reason you came to your decision, no, exactly right. it still would have mattered, still and that have. defense would have been have in a tough that. spot. Like, he didn't say that right after the game, but so they I still think would have been gassed. It still would have been real. <laughs> still were, the been reality real. was they would have been gassed. Yes. 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 Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel for you because I, I was you. I was you two weeks ago. I will say it's a though, tough one. I will say though, your friend was a giant meathead by going for fourth down in the fourth quarter when a field goal would have tied the game. Right. So I will. T- I will call him out. Well, that's I'm where I'm actually not calling him out. If you listen to the podcast, I yeah. agree with that call. Now and now, maybe he and I can have a conversation with you and finally get you to the to the dark side. He, <laughs> I know, and I I heard Romo say this during the telecast yeah. a little bit. He, I, you know, I think was going to be a little more gutsy in this game other than what people want to say about the overtime decision, which I don't think is about guts, right? Yeah. I think there's more to it than that. But he felt like he had to take this game. He had to take it. I think he's not a trick play, throw to the receiver, throw the ball across the field type of guy. I was shocked with how aggressive he was in those situations with that play and then going for it in fourth down in the I fourth I think quarter. he was a little bit like – I. He was trying to do what we've talked about all the whole pot. I got to put Mahomes in a spot where he can't do this to us, exactly. right? I got to do it. And he was trying his damnedest. And that's why he went on fourth and three because he's going, wait, if I can go up four right here, man, can Mahomes go really go down and score a touchdown right now, right? Or we think he will, and this, uh, we need this touchdown because we think that could happen. Right, yeah. right. Exactly right. And then, you know, yeah, we scored the touchdown. They scored the touchdown. And all we need is a field goal to tie it if that's what really happens, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I think he realized that. Like, I got to do this. So How, how surprised was, were you was, when he did that? He's been by the book for the whole year. I was not shocked at that moment. Hmm. I was not. Because I think he looked at this as like, hey, this is a moment. My defense has been pretty good anyways. You know, we've given him a home's trouble all day. We are down there. Mm-hmm. Here's a moment where I can really take control of the football game. Right, and I think that's where he did it. And of yeah. course, it didn't have the effect it w- was supposed to because they blocked the fucking extra point. <laughs> I know. Right? He kicked the ball low. I mean, again, I mean, the guy barely jumped. I mean, it barely went over the offensive line's helmets. The yeah, guy that was there good. wasn't like it was like Air Jordan was like, "Get out of the way! Let me smack that back into the stands." I mean, the guy barely stuck his hand up and blocked. So it was a low kick to begin with. But this is my biggest pet peeve with yeah. that play: right. is that it happened. They got it. They scored a touchdown, and no one is talking about that play. But Dan Campbell does it twice and was very successful in the regular season. Neither of them work, and it's a discourse for a week and a half talking yeah, about well, how they he blew succeeded. the game. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> exactly. people are going to talk to about the it. Victor go the spoils exactly there. right exactly um, right uh, and and also one the last thing on that too what that was my it was really making me mad is that hearing so many people talk about the overtime decision yeah is that when you give patrick mahomes four downs they're almost impossible to stop right and i'm like yeah that's what i've been saying you give a good offense four downs and you do that more often than not they are very tough to stop from scoring a touchdown I'm like, i hear you that's my whole point i hear you um but people are you get to make 17 there's oh, a difference don't, don't go back game, don't go okay? back there don't okay. go back there. don't but, go back there. but i will say to your point you know and that's where maybe if you went into the game and it's a tough one because of what we just talked about, the end of the game, end of regulation, the drive, the amount of plays, your team's on the field, you have a linebacker down already. Lemon, you're in 
who was it? The other safety, got Jalen Brown, got hurt on the Kelsey shallow cross, right? Mm. So you're going, wait, we got guys bagged up. We're really going out there again, right? I think all those things. But if that didn't happen and you went into the game with a preconceived notion of we're going to take the ball third to win the game, I do think if you're playing Mahomes, Josh Allen, Burrow, maybe Lamar, I don't think as much as Lamar as the other three guys I would put in that category. Yeah. I do think you got to think twice and go, ooh, wait, we're giving them four downs. We're giving them the opportunity to win the game right here because if they do score, they'll go for two or something like that. And I think those type of players, you might have to go, well, fuck our plan. Fuck our plan. I'm not going to let them have the keys to the all the power and then you know the nuclear switch and all that to end our season. And I think there is something to be said that. But there are a lot of other circumstances, of course, that played into this one. So we've got other plays here, and I think they illustrate a couple of different things. Um, there's an audible late in the fourth quarter here. This is when Mahomes is taking control of the game. It's a, a seven yards to Jarek McKinnon. Um, we've got three screenshots on this one. W- what did you want to point out on you know, this? I'm not even – oh, so, so yeah, here we go. Yeah. Here's oh, this the was blitz. the blitz. This was the, the topic of stuff. The, the Chiefs had a better plan on – Keeping no doubt about it. Defensive linemen and linebackers. Remember and the corners rich, away. Yes, we're going to show them all because they had a plan. And then, of course, when you have a quarterback like Mahomes, look at him right now. He's going, they're fucking blitzing me. Uh, you protect here, you protect here, blah, blah, blah. You could see the whole old lines looking at him going, what do you want us to do, master? Just tell us what to do, master, <laughs> and we'll try to do it, right? So that's where, again, it's Mahomes. They had a great plan. They were ready for it. And he's an amazing football player, you know. It, it's, it's, you know, I talked about, like, their, their pass rush had been getting there all game long. Oddly enough, and this is one thing I'll question before I dive into this play. After the muffed punt touchdown, right, mm-hmm. I felt like the 49ers panicked a little on defense. Mm. And I wanted to be like, why? It was one play. You're playing great. It got to that point where they went up 13-10, and I feel like the 49ers were like, Oh, they gashed us for a play. We can't do this anymore. And they started. I wish I would have told Pete this to look up the numbers after that Marquez Valdez-Scantling touchdown because it felt like after that play, they started to go, let's blitz more. Let's play Hmm. more man-to-man. And I wanted to be like, what you've been doing has been fucking awesome. Why are we going aggressive here? Right? I just talked about like Mahomes is being a little conservative. Their front four was getting there, right? The few times I know we showed one play with Valdez Scanling opening where, where he didn't want to throw it, but maybe there was two or three other plays of the game where you go, ooh, this guy's open. But on those plays, the pass rush was there. Mahomes didn't have time to actually throw it, right? So they got into this game and like have we been talking about for like four years? Like you don't blitz Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody. That's like a golden rule. I mean, you can't overdo it. Yeah. I understand a little. So we'll go back to the play now. Just out I'm of sorry. respect for Patrick Mahomes. Well, and, and the numbers, the numbers, everything, <laughs> oh, yeah. and the that analytics too. phase. Yeah. And it says don't fucking blitz the guy, but for some reason we're going to blitz him here all of a sudden. So they blitz him. They're going to bring everybody. He gets the protection set up, and then send, tells McKinnon, as he's getting ready, just before the ball was snapped right here, he tells McKinnon, because McKinnon's like, what do I do, I guess, or whatever, and he does, tells him his little code word, and he sends him across the formation, right? And ends up getting him really bust their rules. See, what they're doing, and in this play right here, yes, it's all-out blitz. You could see Warner down here has got Kelsey. The two DBs here got this guy. 
right? You got you can see at the top of the screen we got Richie James and Lemonure has got him, right? So they're they're sending seven, okay? And they're thinking, okay, McKinnon's on this side, and he's going to pick up the blitz and just block, so we don't have to worry about it. But one of those guys on the left, the offense's left, the 49ers defensive right. One of those guys, if McKinnon did run a route, yeah. is probably told you got to peel off and cover him, right? If they free release him, like we saw the Niners do against the All, if they just free release and go go, one of those guys goes, "Oh shit, I can't blitz. I got to go get him." Right? Now it doesn't seem like they were prepared if he came out the back door, right? So he snaps the ball. Here they come out the back door, right? And let go. Let's go to the next screen. The next uh, shot there. Mm. Okay. And now they got nobody. Now, I don't know if Randy Gregory is supposed to feel that, who's kind of like blitz zoning to come out. I don't think so, because I really think he's just playing for, hey, they might throw something quick over the middle, so be there to try to you know get hands in the way. And the other guy I think that could maybe be responsible for this is, um, is Logan Ryan, 33. He blitzes off the edge. Is there supposed to be a rule that he's supposed to know, oh, wait, the guy came out my side, I got to go cover him, right? And, you know, like we talked about with the other side, either way, perfect play by Mahomes. Third and two, boom, gets the first down. You want to blitz me, go ahead, pick your poison. How many quarterbacks have, one, that freedom to do that, right. and two, the ability to see that and make that change? You yeah, think? you know, there's a handful. I mean, there's a handful. Like, I look at Stafford, right? I think Dak Prescott, um, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Burrow. Trying to look at anybody else. Like CJ Stroud's going there, but he's not there yet. Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Jared Goff to a degree. They got something going there. He definitely he's definitely gonna be like, wait, 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 hold on, guys. I don't like this. Let me do this. He could definitely organize and get to that and have probably free reign to do it. I, I'm gonna definitely put Jared Goff there. I think you're exactly right. And I don't know. Am I missing anybody else? I feel like mm, Trevor Lawrence may be getting there right now. Not everybody has all the plays that you know Mahomes yeah. has his disposal and all that either. But I, I think that's about it. I think that was probably the, the list where it ends. Per PFF, Mahomes versus the 49ers and the Blitz, six for six, 50 yards, one scramble run for a first down. You do not blitz. Patrick Mahomes. Let's look at those two, and you brought it up, the, the touchdown after yeah. the muff punt to uh, MVS. Let's look at the two touchdowns here. The only two touchdowns came, uh, came uh, from uh, late in overtime, and then also this one. So we go inside the notebook, brought to you by, let's give it to Lockdown Corner, one of our good homies out there. <laughs> yeah, what up, Lockdown? So here's the 16-yard touchdown to MVS. You know, like, I always talk about Shanahan's the master of exposing rules on the defensive side of the football, right? Yep. This is one where they expose the rules of this defense. I don't know. I don't really think this is cover three Seattle scheme, right? I don't think they can cover this play in that defense. All right? Here's the, here's the big thing. See, it's, th- it's, it's Kelsey and Marquez Valdez-Scantling to the right. Okay, Pacheco is offset of Mahomes to his right in the shotgun. On the left side, they got Watson and Rasheed Rice. It doesn't really even matter what they are backside. There's two things here. One, the play and the design of Valdez Scantling and Kelsey crossing, let alone uh, Pacheco going on the little swing route, puts this 
defense in a bind on that side of the ball. And the other thing is they have 31 Gibson, right, as you see on my picture here. He's really cheated to the two-receiver side. I guess they're worried about maybe, you know, some concept there that, that, that they need to help the corners out, or he didn't get back to the middle of the field enough. I don't know. Hmm. You know, sometimes teams will do this, though. They'll play cover three, and they'll go, hey, free safety, cheat to this because we're afraid they might do that, so cheat over there a little bit. So I don't want to blame them. I don't know. But my bottom line is here, cover three Seattle three-match scheme, okay? You can see 27 Jair Brown coming down, right? He's the curl flat guy. Well, he's got a guy in the flat right away. So he's worried about Pacheco. He doesn't want him to catch the ball and outflank everybody and then get 10 yards. So he's aggressive to get down there and worry about that. Now, more times than not, like if if – it was a seam route, which Valdez Scaling is basically running a seam route, but he comes from the outside and then goes up, and then Kelsey comes behind him across. And cover three, they want Chavarius to steal the seam route, right? They want him to play off, play off, watch the quarterback, and kind of, like, let's just say 87 and 11 both ran straight, right? Okay? okay. Yeah. He would play in the middle of them. And basically just go, wait, if he throws it inside, I'm going to break on it inside. If he throws it outside, okay, yeah, i got to turn around and make a play and do that, right? You know, And that's a rare concept down here anyways. More times than not, it would be like 87 runs straight, 11 runs a five-yard curl route or out route, and then he goes, wait, I don't have to worry about that because 27 is down there on 11, so now I can come back and steal you know, the seam route. But because he has Kelsey attacking him on a vertical route, he's going, wait, I can't go steal number 11 route, right? He's going, it's fucking Travis Kelsey. He's running right at me. I'm two on one. They're going to score no matter what. So it's either Gibson has to get back over there more, which I'm not sure what he was told to do, or the other option would be that Oren Burks, number 58, and a weird, 48, excuse me, a linebacker, who before the motion was out wider and then they motioned Kelsey across and back, he stayed inside. The only other way they could defend this is if 48 runs up the seam and, and gets 11, and hmm. she sees 11. Right. And that's the only way, and I don't think that's really part of what this cover three scheme is here. So they got them in the right play at the right time, and it was a play like we talked about, cracked the code a little bit. And there was nothing they could do to defend it. Watching you diagram that, it almost seems like this is impossible. This play is going to work no matter what. Yeah, it, really, I don't ways. know how they can it. I don't know how they could have guarded it, really, yeah. other than the adjustments I talk about. And again, maybe one day I'll figure that out. You know, but after that play, that's where I felt like the 49ers overcorrected a little bit. Mm. It was like, oh, no, we can't play zone anymore. And all of a sudden they got... More aggressive than I would have liked. You know I like tactical aggressive. Every yeah. now and then, send it in. But then all of a sudden it got into, we're going to play a more man-to-man. We're going to play more blitz. And I think that played right into the hands of the Chiefs in a lot of ways. So that takes us to the game-winning touchdown. Lockdown cornerback says, why can no one stop the Chiefs' play from the final touchdown? Same motion that dismantled the Eagles' defense last season. Is it lack of preparation or just a really well-designed play called at a great time in the game? I think once they started to feel the 49ers are playing them this way after that play, mm-hmm. listen, that play we saw on the touchdown to win the game. It was also the fourth and one run he had in overtime to extend the drive. It was very similar, not exact, but the same type of concept, 
right? And he also had another one. Uh, uh, I, there, there's three plays, and I think I'm blanking on them. Uh, there was the third quarter. There was a first and 10 with 641 left where they broke it out. Mm. All right. There's the fourth and one in overtime, and then the game-winning touchdown was all the same type of thing because I think they started to go, wait, they're playing us like this now a lot. This is going to be hard for them to defend, right? And what it does, I mean, one, the Chiefs did a good job of staying patient with the run again to where even though, listen, they couldn't do shit against the run. The 49ers defensive line whooped the shit out of the Chiefs in the run game. I mean, whooped the shit out of them. I cannot tell you that enough, right? The run game was literally just let's do it every now and then just so they have to think about it because there was no success to be had, right? So, but... Within the blitzing and the man-to-man, those plays, the game-winning touchdown play, is a really good damn play, especially against man-to-man, because where's run fits, there's the read option, and there's motion, and there's all these things to communicate and figure out, and of course they got tricked up. So on the two plays, the two touchdowns, they had the perfect play call against the, the defense that you would not want if you're the 49ers. Definitely not. Definitely not. But that's the problem the Chiefs pose is they do so many things in the creative. You're like, we got to pick one of these defenses. Yeah. What are we going to pick? And I hope they don't pick the right play. And obviously, you know, they had a feel at that moment. They felt the momentum. They felt the 49ers were tired. You know, I'm sitting there watching, right? I'm sitting there going, wait, I don't even sure. Does overtime go right to the next quarter or whatever? I'm going, yeah. man, they're wasting time. They didn't know, so they just were like, well, let's just score here. <laughs> but I, mean, I think they felt the pre- – I think a little bit like Belichick with the Seattle Seahawks, yeah. right? I heard you. Yeah. You, you didn't hear that. me say that on yep. Monday? Yeah. I felt like this was the same thing. Like, hey, we got them on the ropes. They're a little like looking at the sideline. What do we do? Let's run this play right now and just fucking end it, right? And, of course, it was great, and he was wide open. I do want to give credit. Um, hold on here. Please. Do we have pictures of that play or anything? No? No? Well, I mean, we, may, we, do, okay. we do not. All we right, do but not. But down cornerback, that was a good question. But there's a lot of things to defend there. You have to defend the run. The pass concept off of the run, which is the RPO, and then a fucking really good runner called Patrick Mahomes, who's dangerous doing that kind of stuff. Pete is answering your question in real time here. Do we have the answer, Pete? Are we almost there? Uh, before the MVS touchdown, yeah. the Chiefs blitzed on one of 45 snaps, or the 49ers blitzed on one of 45 snaps. After the MVS touchdown, six, no. Oh, I, I guess on. we weren't ready. Six of 34 snaps. Six of 34. Yeah. So a, a wasn't as more. much as I would have thought. Yeah, a few you more. Know? But I, even add on to that the man-to-man aspect, too, which That's I bet true. you was another five to six in there, too, where, like, you know, you saw Travis Kelsey at the end of regulation catch that shallow cross and run. That was man-to-man. Those are things, again, where I went, wait, why are we blitzing more and being more aggressive here when just because of the Valdez scantling, like, they can't do shit on offense. They yeah. got six points. I mean, they one play off a turnover, and we're just going to go, we got to change it up. I, I, I was a little surprised by that watching the film. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to some 49ers, specifically on the defensive line. Yeah. And for that is our edge big butt of the Super Bowl award. You don't just need to win the Super Bowl to win the big butt. You know, if you have a good game, you have a good game. Win or, lo- win or right. lose. You, right. you can win in losing. Uh, Nick Bosa. Second straight Big Bud Award. He had a game-high 12 pressures. Uh, he has only reached that number twice before in his career. One other one was the Super Bowl four years ago. So in two Super Bowls, he's had 12 pressures. That was awesome. PFF did have him for four missed tackles in the game. Pete looked those up, and I thought they were still 
pretty disruptive plays. Um, so I wouldn't even knock him for those. Kind of like, like you talk about with Chris Jones, like an arm that disrupts that, that, Christian that's McCaffrey. That's where like, the grading, and I'm not trying to attack any specific one. It's where some of the grading companies have to readjust. You can't give a guy a negative grade when he was the best defensive player on the field on that play. Yeah. Right? I know he missed the tackle, but he fucked the play up. Mahomes is running around like a psycho because Bosa was the best player on the field and did what he was supposed to do. I mean, th- that's where I don't understand that, right? That, that to me, needs to be adjusted. The best player on the field, the guy who disrupted the whole play, is getting a negative grade. That does not make sense, okay? And that, to me, yes, is, is where it's got to be fixed. Uh- Let's go, go, go let's, real quick. We're going to yeah. continue on this. Let's yeah. go inside the numbers powered by AWS just to show since 2018. This is including playoffs. Nick Bosa has as many pressures as anyone in the NFL. Uh, he's tied there. Or it was with uh, this season, in one season. That's true. This is not cumulative. This is just in one season. Had 114. Aaron Donald had 114 in the 2018 season. Um, yeah, I, there's been a lot of talk. You know, Nick Bosa was he up? Was he down? Was he was he good? He was certainly good in this game and everywhere on the field. Um, maybe it wasn't as dominant of a whole season. Yeah. for Nick Bosa, um, the numbers say different, and the Super Bowl shows an elite edge player. It, it, he is elite. I mean, you know, I, again, I I don't mean to make, like trivialize it as much as this, but I mean, I'm sitting next to my wife who's like, man. I mean, he's amazing, this Bosa. He's everywhere, right? I mean, anybody who was sitting there watching the game, you're going, oh, my gosh. I mean, he's fucking psycho in a good way, as always. Yeah? I mean, it wasn't his greatest year he's had from maybe the playmaking standpoint, right? Getting the sack, getting the strip sack, whatever there. But disruption was as good as anybody in football, right? And that's where he's damn awesome. I mean, again, that's where I'm a little surprised by the 49ers' change of attack when the game became 13-10. I mean, you saw in my notes. I wrote a 10-6. Deep pass to Hardman, right? Solid drive at the end of the first half. And a Mahomes read option run in the third quarter that set them up to get the field goal to make it 10-6. We're literally the only three plays they had the whole fucking game. The only three things. One deep pass, a read option, and an okay two-minute drill right before the half. And all of a sudden we started to go, let's blitz a little more and play man-to-man. I don't know why they Mm. did that. I really don't. Uh, Because it felt like Bosa and company were having their way without the blitz, right? And I I just think they went a little overboard in that area. And the numbers say that too. And that was inside the numbers powered by AWS again. So let's sum up this Chiefs comeback. Yeah. Let's sum up this Chiefs comeback with this. We We go from AWS... Now it's time to give me the headlines presented by Hyundai. Um, and let's before you give me the headline here, okay? I want to take a look at the biggest second half comebacks in Super Bowl history. Of course, your friend Kyle Shanahan was not the head coach of this team. Right. We need to note that. He was not the head coach of that team. 25 points, Patriots doing against uh, the Falcons. Uh, Chiefs versus the Eagles last year. Chiefs versus the 49ers this year. Chiefs versus the 49ers four years ago. And then the Patriots versus the Seahawks um, there as well. So with this context, what headline would you get for this trend that we are seeing? How about 
Sleepless in Seattle scheme. Okay. All right. Uh, not not you your best. That? Remember that movie not, back in the day? I Seems, actually don't remember that no, movie. Of course I do. Who the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> yeah. it not even, I've do heard you of even that. know who played in it? Tom Hanks? Yes. Right? Okay. Right. I've, I've heard of it. Never right. saw that. Right. But uh, why do you say that? Why is that the headline? I mean, you've heard me in the past about the Seattle scheme. I mean, this is a long-standing thing with me. I think it's great against a lot of the meat and potatoes teams in football. I think when you play the good offenses and the great quarterbacks, it's a little too much of like we're do what we do, right? You know, within that. There's just not enough wrinkles and and stuff of game plan specific like you know that I like, right? I think that's what bothers me. Right? It's all within the confinement of like, hey, we do these three defenses and that's what we do. And there might be a little tweak to those three and how we do it that week, but it's it's those three, right? And it's, of course, relying on the front four. And we've seen front fours get tired in all these games, and guys like Brady and Mahomes start to go, wait, I've seen these same three or four defenses all game long, and I'm going to start to pick it apart, right? And that to me, and you look at, Seattle beating the, I mean, uh, the Patriots beating Seattle, right? Seattle scheme, obviously Seattle, Legion of Boom. 2016, Patriots coming back on the Falcons. Dan Quinn, fresh out of Seattle from the defense coordinator, blow the lead, right? Then, of course, Niners beating the 40, I mean, the Chiefs beating the 49ers the first time around. Last year's the first time it wasn't a, a Seattle scheme. It was the Eagles and Gannon, and then, of course, this year we're back to it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you know, again, I think a little bit the scheme itself, the overcorrection to the MVS play on the to make it 13-10. But, like, you saw my notes here. Like, on the last two drives, it was quick passes, got to good plays when they knew the 49ers were in man, and then they knew when it was blitz and he had a good plan for it. But it just became that. He was, oh, wait, it's Seattle, it's Seattle 3? Oh, boom, here you go, Kelsey. Catch it, 8 yards, 10 yards, whatever. Oh, boom, Seattle 3? Oh, here you go, Watson. Boom, right here. Oh, 8, 10 yards. Again, just like too easy for guys like Mahomes. Too easy to see it. Too easy to execute against it. And it's one of the things that I, I've always worried about with that scheme. That was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. So this is what we do in the regular season. We talk about 16 games, and it takes us about an hour 45. In the Super Bowl, we talk about one game, and it takes us an hour 45. I am learning that no matter how many games we talk about, it's going to take an us hour about 45. hour 45. I'm like, you just pull the string, and I talk for an hour 45, <laughs> no matter what. And then we so see where it goes I'm there. sure there are other things that you're, you're going to think of that we can. But we, can, we have a I whole offseason. I, I, I think, think we hit we it all. I think we hit it all. I feel pretty good about it, and I appreciate you guys letting me unpack it all. I really do. So let's look into the future now. One Draft. last thing. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay. Mahomes is awesome. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. He's very awesome. Yeah. In case we didn't get that in there, right. we'll talk about that more in our next podcast. Uh, DraftKings has got the 2024 MVP odds, so we can continue the discussion of how awesome Patrick Mahomes is because right now he is the favorite to win the MVP next year. Josh Allen, number two, Joe Burrow, Lamar, and then Jordan Love, higher than I would have thought. Perhaps Brock Purdy may be higher than I would have thought, but it, it goes to show this is a quarterback on a very good team award, and these are all the teams that we think are going to be very good next year. Damn, that's amazing. We Where's don't my even... guy Jared Goff? What the I heck? Mean, nobody else on there? No Christian McCaffrey? No Tyree Kill? Nobody's what? So wait, on wait, there. wait, wait. wait. The Lions are what? Probably the third or fourth favorite, fifth, to win the Super Bowl? Why is my guy Jared Goff so low? <laughs> What's up with that? 
Because they're like, somebody else will be more valuable. I don't well, know. You know, it is yeah. funny because it is narrative. Yeah, it, it is. It's everything. It's narrative driven. And it we've is. already gotten to the narrative that Jared Goff, won't, they won't win because of Jared Goff. Right. The, he, can, he can be a quality quarterback. I think there's a little to that. And there's no Which question about that. might be true, but still, it's like, come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, how could you, you know, I mean, again, the top four are pretty self-explanatory. I, I, you know, the Jordan Love, I think, I think with the talent on their offense, their creativity of the offense, I get it a little bit. Yeah. And I certainly think they'll be better. I guess I'm a little surprised to see it fifth. I, that, that's a little crazy to me. Right. I'd watch out for C.J. Stroud. They had another weapon or two on the offensive side of the ball. We know they're going to be legit. You know, that would be a long shot. And, of course, I'm expecting a big change for Justin Herbert with Harbaugh in there. I mean, I feel like they're going to get a running back somehow, some way, and yeah. they're going to run the ball and take a little pressure off him. Jared Goff is plus 3,000 with my other guy, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. No respect for former Damn. Lions quarterbacks here. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Oh, we're moving on to other sports now. Yes, we are. And this season, new customers can deposit $5 and get a bonus bet back up to $1,000 if your first bet doesn't hit. Okay, download the app and use the promo code UNBUTTON when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The, the crown, crown is yours. And DraftKings, since we did that, invite me to your next Super Bowl party. I'll be sure to go in New Orleans. I'll be happy to be there. Uh, I do want you to know of something else that's happening online, not just betting online. Oh. Caitlin Clark in Iowa. You've heard of Caitlin Clark before, of course. right? Right. Uh, she is about to break Kelsey Plum's record for most points scored by that's any awesome. woman in NCAA Division I history. It could all go down Thursday when Iowa hosts Michigan. I'm going to tell you, it is going to go down. She's eight points away. Uh, live Friday the 15th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. It is exclusively on Peacock. We have two different streams. We have one stream that's just the game, and we have another stream that you can click on that will be the game in one box and an ISO cam on Caitlin Clark in wow. the other. Wow, so you got a double whammy so there. So you get a little double okay. whammy. Are you doing the pregame or anything? I am not associated at all not with associated that. It's, at all it's with this too game? big for me. It's okay. too big for me. I will okay. not be there. I'll be watching at home. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. She's we a got, baller. We got a lot of basketball. I mean, she's a, gosh, I, I, her, uh, the girl at USC. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. She's the one that scored yeah. like fifty a few weeks ago there against are Stanford. Some superstars. I've in the seen game, a few sure. highlights and gone. Damn. I mean, do they just do they miss? I mean, it's it's kind of cool right now the way uh, the women can shoot the ball. All right, let's finish with this. The okay. final homie playoff predictions over one thousand entries. Thirty one percent of you. Had the 49ers losing in the Super Bowl, so dang, that's you know you got the Super Bowl losing team, and then 20 percent of you had the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. 11 percent had the Chiefs beating the 49ers in the Super Bowl, including Pete. Congratulations, go, Pete. and congrats, congrats to Gentian, who nailed the final four: Chiefs over Ravens, 49ers over Lions, Chiefs over 49ers. Wow, all of it. Big time, Gentian. Gentian's go. artificial intelligence, I'm sure. No, Gentian's doesn't seem like just, a human name. He's one of the homies, and we've given him artificial football intelligence. That's what I would like to think. <laughs> um, so you know what Way that means. Way to go, means. man. You know what that means. We'll send you something that we don't have eventually. Some <laughs> yeah. product, something like yeah. that. We'll send yeah. you something that will never be produced. We'll put it on our tab. But we'll be promised forever. <laughs> yep. Um, so let's do it. Let's, let's lay the 49ers to rest here. Oh, how dare you. How 49% of the homies my had friend. the 49ers reaching the Super Bowl. So 50%. Dang. I mean, I had, Chiefs, I had Chiefs Niners. I mean, are we just picking I had Chiefs ni Niners yeah, next year? I picked the Chiefs. Well, I mean, I picked the Chiefs, I think, five out of the last six years. Like, I mean, there's no way you don't pick it again. I mean, no. No. I, I think you're probably right. I feel like the Chiefs are going to be better next year. That's yeah. what's scary. Yeah. All right. So, all right, Jerk, go ahead. 
Here lie the San Francisco 49ers. For most of the year, they were winning the war until Sunday when they crashed to the floor. Thankfully, that biggest narrative is done. Yes, Kyle finally can win the big one, which he did by beating my Lions the game before. <laughs> it was just, which one is the big one? Just move the goalpost. Which right. is funny. He did say that with yes. John Lynch. He goes, we've won a lot of big ones. You've got to win big games to get to the Super Bowl, which I agree with. 100%. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, let's, a few years they exceeded their expectations, right? I mean, they were a wild card team. Uh, went into Dallas, beat them, right? I mean, went to Green Bay and beat the number one seed in the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, before they lost to the Rams in the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, again, I do think it's a little unfair, the narrative around my friend. I do. I think people it's are big. piling on a little too much with the – Overtime decision, like we've talked about, and we already unpacked it. I don't want to go there again. But then, yeah, I mean, the big game narrative, okay, yes. I know he's been associated with three of these now. I'd like to state once again, Dan fucking Quinn was the head coach of the first one. It's on his resume, not Shanahan. I've never seen anything on a resume of the offensive coordinator more than Shanahan and the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl. Never. It's actually insane to me. Like, that conversation that goes down would go down with no other coach in the history of football. Like, I'm, it's insane. But his name's Shanahan, and they're like, eh, Dan Quinn's not that great, so let's blame Shanahan anyways. <laughs> I really think that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. The other two. It's, it's really a compliment. It, it, Kyle, it really is, because they're like, well, Dan Quinn, he doesn't know. He's just going to call <laughs> Seattle cover three, so who cares about him? So the, and then the other aspect, I know they've lost to the Chiefs twice. I get this. I get it. But, like, it's fucking the Chiefs and Mahomes. It's not like they're losing to like some team that's come out of nowhere and it's a one-year wonder. Yeah, We're watching the greatest player in the history of football on a really damn good team with a legendary coach, and you're losing a tight one to him. You know, It's like you know, the Carl Malone and the Jazz back in the day. Damn, you're awesome. You might be the best player in football, but you've got to deal with Michael Jordan. Basketball, excuse me. Yeah. You know, it's just you're stuck in an error right now. He's got three losses, one again, which is Dan Quinn's fault, to the two greatest quarterbacks in the history of football. So I think people need to remember that a little bit as well. I think what we forget more than anything in all the discussions is that professional sports is a zero-sum game right. where not everyone can win. And if Andy Reid was the coach of every team in the NFL every year, he would be a genius on like five of the teams. He would be like okay coach on half the teams. And then he would be an idiot who would be fired on five of the teams. The same man. Because you all, you all can't win no matter how smart you no, are. No, you can't. And, you know, we've seen great coaches go through these times. I think it's very ironic or unique. Shanahan right now, it reminds me of Andy Reid in the early 2000s. Yeah. That was the Andy Reid thing. You can't win the big game. Can't Lost three NFC championship games in a row, right? Got to the Super Bowl, lost. Can't win the big game. Think he lost another NFC championship in 2008 when the Cardinals went to play the Steelers. So that was his MO, right? And now he's looked at like, oh, damn, he's the fucking best clutch coach in the history of football. Every big game, he wins it, blah, blah, blah. right? So you can still change this narrative, and let alone I don't think it's necessarily fair on Shanahan. And I know either. how it's going to happen. Right. He'll move on from the 49ers. 
He'll go to the Giants. Oh. You're the GM. Multiple Super Bowls <laughs> in like New that. York. How I thought cool you were about to be? say he goes to the Lions. I was like, damn, you're going to get rid of your guy already? <laughs> I could not uh, do no, that. No, you're not going to do that. I well, know. if Ben Johnson does leave, he can go as an offensive coordinator. You can let that. him be the OC. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Uh, yeah, that would. Hey, maybe if he went to the Giants, I, I would raise my hands and be like, can I be the GM? I would say that. <laughs> the Giants would be one of the few teams. I certainly would say it. I would raise my hand and say, hey, can Pete and I and Gabby and, uh, and Kristen be the uh, Oh, we'll the, bring you along. Media coordinators yeah, and media Morgan, coordinators. Morgan McKenzie will run, run uh, everything. Yeah, know? run the social account. Yeah, social account, we'll all the little go. giant shows, all of that, the Instagram. All right, we'll all go though. <laughs> all right, that's it. I've never talked about one game so much in all my time. life. It was a good one, though. I hope everybody enjoyed the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 58 was pretty damn good. It really was, and we know how special Mahomes is. Uh, everybody stay tuned. You know where we're going to be at. I got next week off, so we're going to have some pods here that are going to be some Super Bowl interviews and things. Kid needs a break. Kid's been going strong here <laughs> since you know September, uh, so I'm looking forward to going on a little vacation with the family next week and have fun, but you know where to find us, homies. And then after next week, we will be fucking back at it in <laughs> Indy God. for the Combine. Oh, it is never that, are, you, are you in Indy? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got to go to Indy to do that. You got to fly out there for no, a day I, or two well, just to do the pod? I, I think was just you about should. to start planning I think I should send them out here. Like you always this. send work on my plate. Hey, NBC, <laughs> send Ahmed to the combine to do yeah. the podcast. Yeah. My wife says no. Yeah. Don't all right. do that. All right. All right, everybody. Be good. You know where to find us. Send the questions. Keep, please subscribe, support. Uh, any questions you want, you know where to find us. Peace out, homies. You're the man. Ahmed, thanks for driving the ship. Of course. Clap it up. Clap it up. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.